0: It to be the height of injustice and call it cancel culture but you motherfuckers invented cancel culture hell you've gotten so goddamn good at it that nintendo pre-canceled its best designer as did virtually every other company in the goddamn country right but you abused your power and now when million moms complains about the he double hockey sticks in a burger king ad the shareholders pat the advertiser on the back Right, because being condemned by Christians is a badge of honor if you're trying to sell shit to anybody under the age of 50. Of course, the method was never bad. It was just that the target was bad. And now the very people that they were trying to shut up have picked up the weapon that they themselves forged and were slowly learning how to wield it. I mean, we're not pointing it at the LGBTQ community, of course. We're handing it to the LGBTQ community. We're handing it back to the very groups that have been marginalized by it for all these years. And the more effective we get at it, the more willing they are to pretend that the very concept is egregious. But don't let it fool you for a second. The instant that pendulum swings the other way, they would seize the power back and cancel any cartoon with a fucking wizard in it. They've never been against cancel culture. They're just against the good guys being so damn much better at it than them. They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast. And bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the incisors and molars to my bite cuspids, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to offer up some biting commentary? <laughs> I don't know, Noah. I'll
1: chew <laughs> <shoo> it over. <laughs> okay, puns. We're doing pun. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay.
0: All right. All right. I don't get it. Bridge so. is a gentle thing. <laughs> it's
1: better than your chewing. Related to your two things.
0: Uh, less obvious, anyway, yeah. In our lead story tonight, the good news is that the U.S. is fast approaching a time when every American adult who wants a vaccine has gotten one. The bad news is what a dishearteningly small percent of Americans that fucking number represents. No! Yeah, according to the latest survey data, as many as one in Five people in this country say they won't take the vaccine, and an even higher percentage expressed hesitancy about it. And sure, that number is falling, but it isn't falling fast or far enough. So public health experts are exploring multiple ways of helping overcome vaccine hesitancy. And thanks to a recent survey, we've learned that this is yet another area of social concern where churches are, at best, useless. Great. All right. Adding
1: getting people who are already gathered in a group to do an actual thing to the list of shit churches can't do. Man, this list is long. it is. That's so
0: easy. What would you say you do here? (laughs) God damn it. Exactly. So, So the survey in question was conducted by a student advocacy group called the Interfaith Youth Corps. But they did that in conjunction with the Public Religion Research Institute, a group whose goal isn't to make sure atheists always have plenty of data to back up their arguments about how terrible we are. But you'd never know what to look at. So they surveyed 5000 American adults and asked the vaccine hesitant whether certain faith based approaches would alleviate some of their concerns. And the answer seems to be not in any appreciable way. Now, on the one hand, as many as 70% of vaccine-hesitant respondents said that they would turn to a religious leader for information about the vaccine. But when those very same people were asked if they'd believe that religious leader, if they said that the vaccine was safe, only about 5% said yes. (sighs) So, In other words, they'd take advice from a religious leader so long as that religious leader told them what they already think. (laughs) See, now that's a church sign I want to (laughs) see.
1: Okay, so that's obviously stupid and not at all surprising. But it's those 5% that I'm actually curious about. So they have an opinion about vaccine science and they'd look for more information from a priest and they'd change their opinion based on priestly Epidemiology expertise.
0: Wherever you fall on that line is pretty fucking weird. Good point. Now, the survey did find that people who regularly attend a religious service actually are more likely to get vaccinated than people who don't, provided they're not white or Christian, right? Jews and black Protestants do. Everybody else, like in literally every other religious demographic that they tested, regular church attendance meant the respondent was less likely to get vaccinated which is fucking great. Equal parts not vaccinated and regularly sitting in crowded enclosed spaces with other unvaccinated people. The survey also found, and I feel like the audience could just say it along with me at this point, that the religious demographic least likely to get vaccinated were white White evangelical evangelical Protestants. Protestants. I got it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Also known by the way as evangelical Protestants. That's what (laughs) it means anyway.
1: Okay, at this point in the podcast, I feel bad that we haven't Carved out something for evangelical Protestants to win at. Maybe we do <laughs> a survey on who has the most mayonnaise based salads at their cookouts. <laughs> <laughs> Let them win one. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? They're winning a few things. You got popcorn mayo salad, which is apparently yes. a real thing. Uh-huh. Uh, they got pleated denim. They're uh-huh. winning at that. Okay, okay um, fair. Mass
0: shooting. There you go. There you go.
1: So congrats, guys. Yeah, there
0: you go. Right. Sedition. That's three. So, so yeah, once again, we find that religion excels at creating the problem and they're essentially useless in fixing it. It's also a reminder that these self-anointed moral bastions of selflessness are the most selfish, least moral people in America at least according to numbers and science. And it's also an important reminder that people don't go to churches to learn anything. They go to have what they already think reinforced. The overwhelming majority, at least in this instance, were unable to even imagine a scenario where their mind would be changed by their religious leader or anyone else, for that matter.
1: That's their guy who talks to God.
0: Yeah! Exactly! Also,
1: popcorn mayo salad. That's a goddamn nice First of all, I saw a Thank video you. of this yes. delightful oh, uh, woman making it, and I was like, farm. she seems nice. Oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> this is a real thing they eat. Shows Jesus. how a Girl Meets Farms, she's a delight. Gross. Half Jewish. And in Yes We Connecticut News, it's genuinely hard to enumerate the ways in which religion damages children. At worst, it's physically, psychologically, and sexually abusive, but at best, It tells kids that there's a point at which we should stop looking for answers. It instills in them an underlying limit to curiosity and wonder and replaces it with lies and deepities. But there's perhaps no more deadly a harm religion does to children than the laws in this country that allow for religious exemptions to vaccines. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'd say the centuries of protected pedophiles as like the first worst thing, including right right now. And then maybe the vaccine thing. Okay, this is a weird note. I hear myself saying this is like a weird note to be giving them. But let's be clear, if negligent homicide is not the worst problem about your thing, <laughs> your thing should not be legal. Yeah, well, fuck. the good news is that Connecticut, New York's classy older sister, is aiming to get rid of those exceptions yes. and pass the first hurdle by passing a bill in the House, which does just that. The bill is now headed to the democratically controlled
0: state Senate, and the hopes are that it will pass there as well. Yeah, so to make sure nobody gets too excited, that'll make them the sixth state with no religious or personal belief exemptions. If your kid goes to school anywhere but California, Maine, Mississippi, New York, or West Virginia, they're at the mercy of Karen's Internet Research at HolySovereignFreedomEagles.net. Cool.
1: What's that? Six out of 50. That's herd immunity, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Fingers crossed. And it's worth noting here
1: that there are very few religions that actually prohibit vaccination, right? right? Christian scientists are the one that come to mind, but like a bunch of the folks who declare religious exemption for their kids are just stupid assholes who check the box that says religion when they're looking for an excuse because there's literally nothing some Americans won't excuse in the name of religion. And. This is by no means harmless. Exceptions to vaccination have brought back new ways of diseases like mumps Mm -hmm. and fucking measles in recent years. And as will surprise nobody, there are major concerns about herd immunity if we don't immunize
0: kids against COVID-19 when the shop becomes available for them. Like, for fuck's sake, people, I'm sick of them remaking shit I like. <laughs> right? Like, are we going to do a fucking gritty reboot of polio before this sinks in? Joaquin Phoenix would
1: be amazing as polio. Man. David Lynch <laughs> doing a polio movie. <laughs> Bottom line is, this is an excellent first step by Connecticut. I hope it makes it all the way through to law, but just in case it doesn't, it's a great reminder that religion ruins everything, including herd immunity. Yeah, yeah and the new theme of the Supreme Court is herd impunity for all the laws. <laughs> right, so, yeah. It's gonna be great. We're good, we're gonna be great. Uh, and in Great Spite North News, <laughs> we have an amazing story out of Canada about how it's supposed to look when a ridiculous, ignorant, typhoid Jerry refuses <laughs> to follow basic public safety rules and actively spreads a plague. You're supposed to throw that guy in jail. It's it's so simple and elegant, and that's exactly what happened in Canada to Flat Earther and anti-masker activist Mac Parhar of British Columbia. He went to jail. So in response to going to jail, he went there for four days, in response he filed a lawsuit against the B.C. government accusing them of kidnapping. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. We're going to get to the details. And the judge ruled, Mac Parhar, thank you for not wearing a mask. It makes it much easier to fuck your face. That's
2: actually my ruling. (laughs) Fuck your face.
0: How do these motherfuckers reconcile the idea of suing people for courts having authority? Right, like, 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 (laughs) <laughs> if a court finds that courts don't count, it wouldn't count. Like what? You know, what are you trying to do? It gets to that. It really does. I just like the kidnapping idea. Uh, also,
1: Your Honor, I jerked off in the prison bathroom, so they raped me as so They also raped me. <laughs> okay, so here's the backstory on Parhar getting jailed. It starts with his business license getting suspended when he refused to follow COVID protocols at his. Hot yoga studio. Of
2: course. Hot
1: yoga. Just to be clear. Yeah. That's a big group of people breathing heavily <laughs> in a room full of steam. Yes. That's what that is. And he told his clients that COVID cannot survive the heat, <sighs> which, okay, it's true. It can't survive certain heat. Well, right. yeah. But that's also <laughs> a ridiculous lie in that context. Yes, you can kill some of the virus with high temperatures. But I'm guessing the yoga studio doesn't have, like, one person breathe at a time and then wait for three hours while the perfect convection oven temperature of 130 degrees Fahrenheit or something higher, perhaps, it circulates around that room perfectly, killing all the COVID in that breath, and then the next person breathes. That's probably not how they do it.
0: All right. Sorry, I don't mean to undercut your joke, dude, but honestly, like, as a person who's been to an embarrassingly large number of yoga classes, like, that wouldn't be the weirdest breathing system I'd encounter. I <laughs> taking,
1: taking turns that. every day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, but how fucking great would it be if that turns out to be true, right? Just Anthony Fauci coming out in the next 440-degree briefing in a mankini glistening with sweat, and she's like, hand oh counts. You don't want to wear masks. I'm on board with that. <laughs> so uh, that was all ridiculous and illegal but he never got arrested for any of that stuff. He didn't get arrested until October of last year when he flew to a flat earther convention in South Carolina. The total distance of that flight didn't make any sense to him, no, uh, but <laughs> that's a different story. He's a flat earther. It's hard to, it's a curve. So he comes back to Canada and refuses to fill out the quarantine paperwork at the border because he's quote, not a person under the law.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. He's one of those. <laughs> According to Parhar, His social insurance number, that's the social security number in Canada, the social security number has to follow laws, but he's a natural person, which is a different thing with no laws, I guess. (laughs) Well, the Canadian government arrested his social insurance number, and (laughs) they they weren't able to detach the human body connected to it, so he, his body, the natural person, also went to jail for four days.
0: Okay, like so normally I'm not a fan of police brutality, but hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Maybe when he, no, when he said, I'm not a person under the law, the temptation just smacked the shit out of him and go, good, that would have been illegal if you were. That must have been
1: overwhelming. <laughs> okay, but imagine getting off an airplane, a metal tube that flew through the air at hundreds of miles an hour, and then thinking, I'm going to fool the system because my name is written in lowercase. <laughs> okay. They'll never You're joking, this, but it's going to be mm. in just a second. <laughs> yep. Here's what the lawsuit looks like. First of all, Parhar crossed out his name on all the forms and wrote lowercase I, colon, lowercase M-A-N, I, man, colon, again, Mac of the Parhar family. Jesus Christ. I, man, Mac of the Parhar family, he attached a liability notice to the lawsuit that said The rules of civil procedure do not apply to man or woman or we the people, and they don't apply to par-har court. (laughs) Okay. That's right there. The one simple trick (laughs) means you're not in a government court anymore, and that courtroom becomes your own personal sailboat with maritime law, (laughs) and you get to put all the court people into court on trial. You become the judge. But here's the best part. It looks like Judge Murray Block, the real judge of the real court, uh also crossed out his name and wrote lowercase i, double man Murray, House <laughs> of Murray. So the judge turned that <laughs> sailboat thing into a second sailboat, and he declared Canadian oh, law again. Uh-oh. So we're back to Canadian law. Yeah, got got a triple yep. stamp to double stamp. Triple no. stamp to double stamp. Yeah, you can do that, it turns out. And,
0: well, in Canada.
1: Yeah, it, it's different. It's a metric. So his ruling... <laughs> It was just delightfully Canadian. He explained, quote, I am not without sympathy for the plaintiff. Really? He spent four days in jail, and it appears this occurred because someone convinced him, or he convinced himself, that law does not apply to him. It was a hard way to learn that laws do not work on an opt-in basis, <laughs> end quote. "It's <laughs> weird because... This is exactly the kind of person I am without sympathy for. Yeah, right. Has this judge heard of other people? There are other really people who bad things happen to. Uh, they didn't and it, do it. It even ends happily. Here's the final result: Parhar again sued the entire government for kidnapping, and he got rewarded negative seven hundred fifty dollars for his trouble
0: nice. because you get
1: <laughs> fined for wasting everyone's time, and Canada is the fucking Fuck. best.
0: Yeah, oh. Canada. And then once more, onto the bleach, my friends, news tonight. Fantastic. Thank you. We have another (laughs) follow-up on the book. In Chapter 4 of Crisis and Outbreak of Faith, How Religion Ruined Our Global Pandemic, we talked about the Florida-based Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing, also known as the G2C. They're a family who wanted you to eat bleach therapeutically, but they're not allowed to say that unless they're a church. Turns out they're also not allowed to say that as a church. But, yeah, (laughs) they were recommending bleach to cure covid even before it was cool. Great. Uh, now, Noah, these people drinking bleach was always okay, cool. Always.
1: <laughs> these people are the dangerous part of the Tide Pod challenge. Yeah, right. Yeah. People <laughs> eating Tide Pods were like, that's fucking stupid right there. Just read the warning
0: label. No bleach. So the products they were hawking, they're called the Miracle Mineral Solution or Master Mineral Solution. And we've talked about it on the show before. Several different dangerously evil groups have tried to sell this shit as a cure for autism. But since it's just as good at curing all the other afflictions as it is at curing autism, a lot of folks branched out and now sell it as a panacea. Or at least they try to because selling people industrial bleach and calling it medicine is technically illegal. Yeah, and if you want to bum yourself
1: out, do some research into how long it took our country to settle on that Yeah, answer. right.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so now Mark Glennon, the group's leader, was pretty sure he'd found a clever workaround to all the laws that exist, kind of a theme in our stories this this week. Heard impunity. Yeah, right. And And that was the word church. Quote, everything you do commercially is under the universal commercial code, okay? A church is completely separate from that codes, statutes, and laws. Can I sin. stop him and not be okay? Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's why a priest can give a kid wine in church, probably, and not get arrested. What? Why? Because it's not under any law. You can't arrest us for doing no. our sacraments. and no, no, end no. Yeah. Obviously, we can't tell priests to stop giving out
1: glasses of bleach to kids. That would be dumb. <laughs> it's fucking basic freedoms. That's ridiculous. Also, they sell MMS online. Right, it's yes. <laughs> <sacrament>. Right, exactly. <laughs> His argument breaks down even if feeding bleach to kids was a good idea. (laughs) Still a bad argument. Still, you gotta admire a guy who looks at how religious exemption to the law crumbles under the slightest scrutiny and sees a
0: business opportunity, right? I don't, He's like, wait a second. I have to admire that. Well, so okay, <laughs> but it, it turns out there are still laws. Sacraments or no. Um, last July, when government officials raided his church, they confiscated 22 gallons of miracle mineral solution, along with several tons of sodium chloride and 50 gallons of muriatic acid. That's a normal thing to have at a church. (laughs) That's that's a reasonable thing for anybody to have stockpiled. Any state of Florida, that would have been the closest to bad guy in a comic book raid that they had ever executed (laughs) as police. Now, at the time, Glennon and his sons slash accomplices were charged with conspiracy to defraud conspiracy to to violate the Federal Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act and criminal contempt cosmetic yeah Yeah,
1: that's like alcohol tobacco and firearms (laughs)
0: did a bunny in a shocking
1: shade of red lipstick kick down the door
0: (laughs) 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 it turns to his foods and his drug partners yeah exactly (laughs) so now all of that got even worse for him last week when a grand jury indictment bulked up those charges with bonus counts of contempt and conspiracy to commit fraud up to and including allegedly threatening the fucking judge presiding over the case Okay, so apparently they told the judge, trying their goddamn case, that if he forced them to stop selling medicinal bleach, they would arm up and instigate, in their words, a Waco. What? Well, yeah, I don't know if that's a threat, because, like, Waco ended with them all burning to death while suffocating on tear gas. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. what they're threatening <laughs> exactly. The judge like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Do your fucking thing, guys. Yeah, right? But the grand jury felt like that was plenty enough to warrant another contempt charge. So, Yeah. For the eighth time in American history, a law applied to a church. And that, friends, is worth celebrating.
1: Woo! And in a news in the right direction.
0: News. News.
1: One of the hardest decisions we've had nuge to make here. with news. You were waiting for us to laugh. I get it. <laughs> Not sure. I was pausing for your... ha Bonmo. Go ahead, <laughs> Thank you. One of the hardest decisions we've had to make here at the Scathing Atheist since the outbreak of COVID is... How often do mock assholes when they get a disease they pretend doesn't exist? Do we, as I suggested, introduce a weekly segment called Here's Hoping You Die? Or, (laughs) more tastefully, as suggested by our lawyer Andrew, do we save up our jubilation for a really good one? Well, whatever the answer, we got a really good one (laughs) as country music sensation, anti-master, and second-worst human being named Ted, Ted Nugent, (laughs) got covered this week, and I... I am loving Green
0: you. And <laughs> and <laughs> and, and I want to be super clear to Ted Cruz and to Ted Nugent that we're counting Bundy, he just doesn't make the list. That's, that's yeah. what he's saying. Third he's or, saying or bottom active. or yeah. further yeah. down, Yeah.
1: So, here's the backstory. In the early 1980s, racists got mad that their spinoff of folk music, which had always been progressive, country music, was also starting to get progressive. So they created this thing called Stadium Country, and they hired these no-talent artists, and they studio-produced the albums every couple of months. So
0: so a little little less backstory.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, Ted Nugent exists, (laughs) and he sucks. He spent most of the pandemic denying its existence, saying on video at Christmas, quote, it's not a real pandemic. And that's not a real vaccine. I'm sorry. I ain't taking no vaccine. You come at me with a needle, and I'll be in fear of my life. You know what I'll do if you come at me with a needle. Hi, I'm from the government. This needle's good for you. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so when the government vaccine commando shows up with a needle for Ted Nugent, mm-hmm. Ted Nugent is going to perform a skit
0: as both characters, <laughs> himself and the commando? Yes, yeah. I mean... 50-50, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's just standing there with the needle. I don't know. I, Are you mean am I? <laughs> is that
1: what Do I want? Done? Yes, and am I in this? Thing? I don't know. Stab you. <laughs> You're under arrest. Yeah, so vaccination policy that matches my toddler's aside. <laughs> this week, Nugent took to Facebook to tell everyone how sick he was with the disease that the fuck you needle would have prevented him yep, from getting, yeah. saying, quote, I got a stuffed up head. Body aches. Oh my God! What a pain in the ass. I literally can crawl out of bed the last few days, but I did. I crawled. end quote, huh? You know what? Maybe it's just cat scratch fever. Yeah, I no, think it's fine. Very, I think we fine. It's a real, real thing. It's, it's a Ted thing. Nugent song. Bob pain. Dylan, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> fuck everybody. <laughs> anyway. Despite the fact that Herman Kane and Terrible Pain are amazing rhymes, <laughs> our lawyer informs us we do not have a song to sing, and we wish Mr. Nugent a speedy recovery. Here's hoping he finds
0: Gatorade less threatening than a vaccine. <laughs> so I don't, I don't I don't, think we have to wish for it to be speedy, necessarily. We absolutely been, okay, so, so while Ted Nugent crawls about in delectable agony, we're going to pause for a word from this week's first sponsor, Blue Chew. Don't just sure. all right, okay? Just hold still. Uh-huh. Hey, guys,
1: are, are you trying to shoot a Nintendo Switch game down Noah's throat again? Because I've told you they're not going to rename Mario after us if we sue them. That's okay, not okay, a okay, thing okay, you okay one,
0: them. you don't know that. You're not a lawyer. And two... Thank you. No, he's just helping me take my ED meds. Exactly. Your ED meds? Yeah, but, you know, I, I have trouble swallowing pills, so... Pill slingshot. Slingshot, right. Why don't you just try Blue Chew? What's Blue Chew?
1: Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Chewable ED meds? Get out of here. It's true. As many as 40% of Americans report having trouble taking pills, and too
0: often that means people skip medicine that can really help them. So do I have to go to some kind of chewable doctor's office? Or No. Blue Chew is an online prescription
1: service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Plus, it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Also, Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Wow, that does sound good. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code SCATING at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code SCATING to receive your first month free. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring the podcast.
0: All right, Eli, I'm in. Uh, now, Heath, let's do the uh, Mario Kart 8 instead. Guys, they're not going to change the You name.
1: don't know. I think they might.
0: A man wrote the Bible? A whore is what you want. If it's a legitimate race, it is a slut, right? Cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Mississauga.
3: Leave it to Christianity to get it right for the wrong reasons. First of all, I really missed you too. And secondly, sorry for being away through such misogynistic weeks. I've had a bunch of stories stacking up here, and there are a couple I've got to get to, starting with Dave Dobermeyer's take on the killing of Dante Wright. Now, generally speaking, when a police officer guns down an innocent black man, the pundits on the Christian right line up in defense of the cops. But this time was a little different. Far fewer of the usual suspects came to the cops' defense, and Pat Robertson even ripped apart her bullshit, I thought it was a taser, excuse on his show. But, of course, leave it to Dave Dobermeyer to say the quiet part out loud. The reason they aren't coming to Officer Kim Potter's defense isn't because she's guiltier than those other cops, and it isn't because the evidence is stronger. Hell, we're talking about people who are defending Derek Chauvin after the trial. The real reason is that she's a woman, And women don't have any place being cops and telling men what to do anyway. As Dobenmeier says, quote, a woman's got no business being a cop. How did we ever get to the point where we think that it's normal for a woman to do that? Why? Because that's perverted. Adding, quote, men and women aren't equal. Why have we bought that lie? Why do we promote that lie? Why do you say, well, women deserve equal rights? Now, listen, I'm just telling you, a man can cook, but it's a woman's job sorry. And no, he's not really sorry. Now, I see what's going on here. Dave Dobenmeyer figures that with Rush Limbaugh rotting in a coffin somewhere that I'm going to be replacing his voice in the Twim intro and Dave's auditioning for that part. But joke's on you, Dave. The fact that my misogyny intro contains the echoes of a dead man from the past is exactly the kind of symbolism I was hoping for. And look, I know we talk about specific instances of misogyny a lot on this segment, but sometimes it's important to zoom out and remind ourselves the consequences to flippant statements like dates. I saw a really interesting study last week out of the journal American Sociological Review that actually quantified that a bit. It showed that women who belong to churches that promote traditional gender roles actually have significantly worse health than women who belong to more inclusive congregations. So to be clear, there are health benefits to going to church. People who go to church regularly tend to be healthier and live longer. Of course, these benefits are indistinguishable from the ones that you get from being a part of any group at all that regularly gets together and mutually supports its members. But it turns out that for women who go to churches that don't allow women in leadership, those benefits disappear. And this was granular, too. The more sexist the church, the lower the health benefits. It should surprise nobody, of course. The very thing providing the health benefit is being included in the group. So the less included you are, the less of it you get. It's also a handy piece of evidence that that health benefit has fuck all to do with God's love if you ever find yourself needing one of those, too. And while you jot that one down in your memory banks, I'll bid you a fond farewell until next time and hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli.
1: And in Family Freakout Council News, They say you can tell the measure of a man not by his friends, but by his enemies. In my case, that's zipliners. But in the case of President Joe Biden, it's Christian bigot organizations who accidentally released a report on how fantastic a job he's doing by pissing them off this week. Okay, just circling back, I still don't get the ziplining thing. It's a passive sport based entirely on gravity. That's like right in your wheelhouse. (laughs) Weird. Yes, in a press release, in pretty much only read by the people on this podcast, and appropriately titled, In First 100 Days, President Biden Has Taken a Record Number of Actions Against Life, Family, and Religious Freedom, Tracked by FRC. Sick. The Family Research Council laid out its mighty list of just how much of Trump's bizarre anti-choice, anti-gay, and trying to make laws about your imaginary friend agenda Biden has already reversed in the whining tones of a nine-year-old explaining why they can't, in fact, dunk a basketball right now.
0: (laughs) Like, guys, you're a fucking hate group. You are. Right? Like, when you're a literal SPLC-listed hate group, you just, like, just endorse the people you don't like. Yeah, that'll do it. Right? Yeah. So let's hit a few highlights from this release here. First,
1: after bemoaning all the abortions Biden has given U.S. dollars
0: to. The, the real number is zero, by the way, zero dollars.
1: Yeah. yeah, after that, the FRC <laughs> spends a full three paragraphs ranting about trans people because they lost the gay marriage fight, and now picking on nine-year-old trans kids who want to play softball is the play. Quote, he bowed to powerful interests who insist that girls can be boys and boys can be girls. He has even ordered schools to abolish girls' sports and force nope. boys and girls to use the same showers and locker rooms. Um, By spending millions of defense dollars on gender reassignment surgeries, he is using the military to force moral and cultural change on society. Okay. Quote. <laughs> <All right. laughs> obviously, that's obviously, that's all insane. <laughs> If they're already assuming that's what's happening, it seems like we should definitely use the military to force moral and cultural change on society, right? Like, this is this a lost opportunity yeah, to right. totally do that?
0: If they're going to accuse us of it anyway, yeah. Also, I'm sorry, but like, what powerful interests are behind transness? What does big <laughs> trans even sell? Yeah, it's unclear. Food buckets? <laughs> <probably mean pepper laughs>
1: competition. So, look, I'm not saying Biden administration's done a perfect job, but to be fair, we spent four years telling you to vote for him, and if pissing off Tony Perkins isn't an excellent indicator you made the right choice,
0: then, my friends, I don't know what is. Amen. And in paroled man on the land news tonight. <laughs> Kent, Kent Hovind's miserable existence is just a perpetual fucking delight. I, I know that some people say you shouldn't find your joy in the misery of others, and honestly. I feel like if you explain Kent Hobine to them, they might see the error in their ways. Wait, wait, wait. Kent Hobine, is he Matt Powell heavy? Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Kent Hobine, he's like three parts Ken Ham, one part Alex Jones. He's a sovereign (laughs) citizen creationist who spent a decade in jail and got his dinosaurs and man coexisted theme park seized to pay back taxes. And now he's apparently trying to sue the government for subjecting him to laws. (laughs) Needless to say... That's not going much better than everything else he's ever done in his life. <laughs> he just hands him the keys to his creationism park. You're me now. I'm the government. You're silly. <laughs> I send you to jail. Yeah. So yeah, the lawsuit is fucking hilarious. He's he's suing the government, the the judge in his previous cases, the attorney that prosecuted him, the IRS agent who worked the case, and his own fucking lawyer. For violating his 1st, 4th, 5th, 6th, ninth, 10th, 13th, and 14th Um, Amendment rights. Really? Yes. And for making him pay taxes, even though he spells his name in all lowercase letters. I mean, at certain points, the lawsuit (laughs) reads like our ex is just drunk dialing us at 2 a.m. Quote. CSE leader Speaker Hovind was generally invited to speak at approximately 30 churches worldwide weekly on the average in 2006. But in 2020, it is zero. And it goes on to bemoan, quote, Hovind, soon after being greeted at home to a notice of divorce, forced removal by his own son with the aid of police to get off the once CSE ministry land, ending with close to full separation from all his family members, end quote. That's right. So, yeah, he's suing the government and the IRS for his kids not returning his calls. He's going <laughs> to be escorted out of a TGI writing.
4: <laughs> I fun. thought it was a Buffalo Wild Wings, so I called I'm the waitress.
1: I'm and First Amendment, something like that. So, okay, he's obviously wrong about that whole suit, and I think I get what he might be trying to claim with most of those amendment violations. It's all stupid, but like I probably understand where he's trying to go, but The Ninth Amendment? Yeah, right. (laughs) That just says the rights enumerated in the Constitution don't block other rights. So apparently he thinks, my kids not hating me (laughs) is the Ninth Amendment? Okay, to be fair, there's a good argument to be made that being Kent Hovind violates the Eighth Amendment. That is cruel
0: (laughs) and unusual. All right, but the punchline to this lawsuit is, of course, the amount. For ruining his life, Hobind is seeking five hundred and thirty six million forty one thousand one hundred dollars. That's Fuck right, yeah, baby. <laughs> Ken Hobine <laughs> thinks that his life was at some point worth half a billion dollars and <laughs> <in> change. <laughs> And I, he has an itemized bill for it, right? What? It literally Ooh. has the $30,600 that he spent on commissary stuff while he was in jail. That's a lot of rum. Wow. But Unfortunately for Hovine, the judge in this case determined that his life was already pre-ruined when the government got it, and none of his bullshit is even what courts do. The case was dismissed last week, but I have no doubt that Hovine still has another level of self-imposed humiliation to sink to, and we promise to revel in it with you soon.
1: And finally tonight We have a story about Christians Getting something right Uh, Uh, Well it's a relatively small group Two weeks in a row And the group doesn't have any white people There's no white Christians in it So they kind of cheated the system By leaving out a very problematic element From their overall group But they're doing something good So they're getting a hat tip For leaving out white people And for the other good thing they did I'm talking about a group of progressive black pastors in Georgia who decided to use their power to fight against the voter suppression bill that recently passed. And part of that fight is putting pressure on corporations. In particular, the pastors are targeting the conglomerate of revived corpses of locally owned hardware stores and lumber yards called Home Depot. Because Home Depot's stance so far is... To have no stance. And having no stance on bigotry is actually a stance. Uh-huh. It's called the bigotry stance. Yep. But just when Christians are doing something potentially noble in America, you can count on Republicans to ruin it. Or or at least try their best to ruin it. And there's Ben Shapiro responding to the brat signal. <laughs> he heard about Home Depot getting bullied, so he made a video of himself buying one single piece of wood for spite, <laughs> he, he made a video for anti-anti-bigotry spite. Yep. That's a thing he did for his job. And from a guy whose wife told him wet vagina is a disease, it's an impressive cell phone, right? <laughs> it's the bonos <laughs> baseball of cell phones.
0: Like, wow! Oh, like when I first saw the picture, I was convinced that he was poning all the libs on Twitter that told him he couldn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's even so, worse. <laughs>
1: Watching Ben Shapiro have extreme difficulty holding an ouchy piece of wood in his little baby hands with <laughs> with a plastic bag that yeah! he clearly requested from Home <laughs> Depot for his one piece of four-foot-length wood, that was amazing. Why don't they show the person who handed him I, the plastic un- bag? Unbelievable. Okay. I, I, I can't believe he got a plastic bag. But believe it or not, that was not my favorite part of the story because... Matt Schlapp got involved, too. (laughs) He's the director of CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. And by political action, they mean a golden idol of Donald Trump, (laughs) a stage in the shape of a literal Nazi rune, and, of course, their director leading a boycott on cum drinking. (laughs) I will explain. (laughs) Stay with me. I will explain that. In response to the condemnation of Georgia's voter suppression by Coca-Cola, Schlap tweeted the following, quote, all cum products in the Schlap house are consumed now, and we're really into H2O. It's healthier, and we won't fund woke cum, End quote. <laughs> uh, That's a real quote. I mean, say what you will about woke cum, but it's free. Well, yeah, it is free.
0: Is it, though, Eli? Is it, is it ever free? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's fair. Sometimes they want to sack with you afterwards. <laughs> So, here's what happened. Schlapp had a problem with autocorrect there. It's my assumption anyway. Maybe. I hope hope (laughs) he was trying to say Coke instead of cum. I don't. But here's the thing. If your smartphone notices a pattern in which Coke needs to be replaced by cum a lot, (laughs) We should be allowed to subpoena your entire text history. Like, America demands answers about that. <laughs> yeah, Matt, it's it's weird how often you send people
0: videos of you drinking your own Coke. <laughs> of course it's yours. That's why you're drinking it. I don't understand. <laughs> it's a shame though that Matt is on his side because I would love to have seen the response video of Shapiro thwarting that boycott right
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why is it in a bank, Ben? Why is it in a bank? <laughs> All right, now that you've got the image of Ben Shapiro guzzling cum out of a bag in your head, I think we can wrap up the headlines. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumanji. And when we come back, the Bible will start padding its character count.
5: Hello, and welcome to Sketchy Shnick Shop at your
1: local mini-mall. How may I stare at you? Um, accusingly is what it looks like right now. Yes, I do this to everyone who walks in. Right, right. So... Some of your sex stuff, it looks kind of sketchy. It is. It very much is. Right. Like, is this dildo supposed to be glowing? Uh, It is uranium, so it will do that. Okay. And why is this lube right here spelled L-O-O-B? Oh, fun fact. That's because of maritime law. Huh. That's a fun, yeah. That is a fun fact, actually. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just looking for safe sex toys from a company that I can trust not to be sketchy. Ah, so then you want... AdamandEve.com. Oh, what's AdamandEve.com? They're the number one adult toy superstore. Originally part of a master's thesis, AdamandEve.com was the first mail-order contraceptive business in the country. There are sex and sex work positive, queer-friendly seller of fuck stuff that won't poison you. Okay, well, I do like not being poisoned. Millennials. But even better, when you order from AdamandEve.com and use our code SCATHING at checkout, you get 50% off almost any one item plus free fuck stuff. Ooh, what kind of free fuck stuff? A vibrator, a cock ring, and a lube sample. Lube as in L-U-B-E? L-U-B-E, yeah. Fantastic. I am sold. What's that code again? That's SCATHING. S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G. Offer code SCATHING at checkout at AdamandEve.com. Before you go, would you like some sketchy pills that say tiger on the package? Um, do they make you a tiger or they're made out of tiger? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not clear what putting the lime in the coconut does. Okay, you're not listening to the rest of the lyrics. It explains hey, hey guys, it. guys, guys, are you ready to do uh, Bible Peace Theater? Oh yeah, uh where are we? To Samuel or not
0: to Samuel? Okay. Yeah, no, we're on to Samuel. Like like Hamlet. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Yeah. So so quick reminder, Saul just died, right? He threw himself on his sword so that guys with uncircumcised sticks wouldn't kill him, and uh and we're gonna open up on David getting that news. King David, King David, I bring news.
1: Yes. How goes Saul's battle with the Amalekites? Oh, uh, badly, sir, pretty badly. I found him wounded in a field.
4: You, young man, come here. Oh, wow. Ugh. King Saul, you're, uh, you're hurt really bad, huh? <sighs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, uh, I threw myself on my sword mm-hmm. so that guys with uncircumcised dicks couldn't kill me, but uh. I, uh, what? I, I didn't die, as you can see, so okay. uh, will you stand on my back and help me die? Sorry, stand on your back? Yes, quickly now, before they take me. Okay. Oh, golly gee, that smarts. How are
1: you oh, alive? Oh, the blade went through and missed all my organs, so I need you to... Really? Jump up and down. I mean, really get that sword in there. Uh,
4: Come on. Okay, okay. Oh, God, this is so gross.
2: Oh.
1: I can't... Can you just take poison or something? This is, oh, this is really gross. No, no, no,
2: no, no. There's no time. There's no time. Okay. God, oh. oh, it's
1: just... It's so gross.
2: Okay, there we go. Now I'm dead. Okay.
1: So, you murdered King Saul. What? No, no, no. I didn't murder him. He asked me to kill him. Hey, hey, to help. you. Over there. Kill this guy. Are you serious right now? Oh, my God. He does the worst. Yeah, that's what you get for killing King Saul, murdering him. So how much it. the fucking worst. And now I, King David, shall sing a lament to my dear friend Saul. Bows are so great. You gotta string them tight and shoot arrows with them. Aim your bow at the bad guys and then shoot them with arrows. Uh,
4: oh. Excuse me, David. Yeah, I was in the, in the middle of a song. What's up? Uh, 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 are you going to sing about Saul or, or just, just bows?
1: Fine, fine. Okay, but everyone, everyone, go read the book of Jasher,
4: okay? This song has a required reading list? Oh, Saul, you were
5: so great. I loved you in the gay way. We had gay sex. I just thought I'd take a second to clarify that here.
1: There's literally
5: no other way to interpret this song than that we rubbed our butts together. Which is what I assume gay guys do. No, no, I,
4: I, don't, I don't think that's what gay guys do.
5: I like your son more okay. better though. We did gay stuff too. I'm literally going to say, and I quote, Thy love to me was wonderful. Passing the love of women, end quote. By Mitch, I mean we were gay
2: together, just like I was gay with your dad.
4: Oh, that was lovely, sir. Very
0: very nice. Really got a boss vibe from that. Right? I I tried for it. Yeah. Who's that? So now that Saul is dead, David heads to Judah to take his rightful place as king. The men of Judah make him their king. But the problem is that Abner, who was Saul's captain, already made Saul's son Ishbosheth king of Israel, which starts a feud between Abner and David's captain, Joab.
4: Ah, nothing better than a relaxing dip in the pool, giving him his that nef- right, soldier?
5: Yes, Abner, sir.
6: Ah oh, nice. sir, sir, look, it's Joab and his men. Oh, hey there, Abner. Taking a dip, too? Indeed I am, Joab. That's nice, that's nice. Hey, you wouldn't be up for a little friendly play, would you? Uh, my heavens, I think I would, sir. <laughs> all right, all right, excellent. So, I'm thinking 12 of my guys against 12 of your guys fight
4: to the death, right? Uh, y- you had me at 12 of my guys, sounds okay, fun. Okay, but fight to the death. Oh, well, wow. uh, <laughs> of course. I was, I was just here for a swim.
0: Right, like, And that. also, how is that friendly play?
4: I mean, I said it sounds like fun.
0: Right? Fine. I have water wings on, yeah,
4: I know,
1: I know. Do you want to stab each other at the same time?
0: Yeah, I guess. Sounds good to me.
1: Okay, ready? One, One, two, two three, three stab. Ah, Ow! Ow,
2: Oh.
6: huh Okay. Uh, looks like
4: it's a tie. Ah, that's weird that they went on three like yeah, that. Yeah, that was weird. I found that weird. Totally weird. So, uh... You wanna just do a war?
6: Yeah, you know what, let's do a normal war. Let's do that.
4: Hail Abner. Hail King Ishbosheth, son of Saul. Hey, I, I don't wanna make things weird or anything, but uh, did you fuck my concubine? Uh, excuse me, what? My uh, my, my concubine, did you have sex with my concubine? What am I, a dog's head? No, you're not a dog's head. Well, I've been nothing but loyal to you and now you accuse me of this. I'm switching over to David's side. Shame on you. Right. Uh got it. Sorry. I, I How does or doesn't that make you a dog's head? Uh it's an expression. So I don't think that it is.
3: Uh, I've never heard that expression.
4: Okay, whatever. You guys are the worst. You treat me like a dog's head. Okay, okay. So, uh, dog's head is a a bad thing. But it's not a whole dog, he's just a head. They're just a head? It's an expression! King David, it is I, Abner, and I am here to serve you. Nice. I have no idea who you are. That's cool, thank you. I, uh, I'm the captain of Ishbosheth. And Ishbosheth is. Really hard to say. Yeah. No, it's Saul's son, the king of Israel. Oh, I thought I was the king of Israel. No, no, you are the king of Judah, but I'm going to make you the king of Israel because ish treated me like a real dog's head. Oh, he did, huh? Mm. And that's bad? Yes, it's bad. How can I serve you? Okay. Uh, well, I'm not going to lie, I have mostly been marrying women
1: and getting them pregnant while the rest of this book was going on so far. So why don't you, Abner? Abner, yes. Yes, Uh, Why don't you grab me another wife? Hey, hey, maybe Michael. Ah. She was nice. We did the the Ferris Bueller thing in the last book, I think. I think that was her.
4: Okay, so let's get this clear. Uh, you want me to grab you... Another guy's wife. Yes, please. As you wish. Hey, uh, question. Uh,
1: yes, David. Do you have dogs' heads uh. lying around? Because dogs, uh. I get, but their heads. It's an expression. Okay, it's an expression. You got it. Yeah.
0: So Abner comes back with some other guy's wife for David, which makes Joab, the, the guy that he fought before at the pool, extremely unhappy.
6: Hey, uh, Abner. Oh, hey, Joab. Yeah, hey, so, uh, great job getting that new wife for oh, well, King David. You. Uh, can I talk to you for a second?
4: Ah, uh, sure, buddy, what's up? Stab uh, you! Ah, my fifth rib! Whoa, 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 Joab, what's going on here? Who killed Abner? Uh, yeah, that would
6: be me. Did not trust that guy. You ever hear him do the dog's head expression?
1: Yeah, that that definitely. It was a weird expression. Yeah. But, but, Joab, we, we can't just stab people because we don't trust them, buddy. We can't? No. This can going make me look awful if I don't curse you now. What? Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Come okay. on. Yeah, I have to. No, my hands are tied. So from now on, Nicholas. nobody in your family's dicks are going to work, and they're all going to walk with canes, and then they'll kill themselves for all your um, generations forever.
6: Okay, I mean, yeah, harsh curse, but if none of my kids' dicks are going to work and they're going to kill themselves, duh. Not especially long term. Like the the all your generations thing isn't really a factor at that point. Oh,
1: right? you know, I did not think of that.
6: Yeah.
4: It'd be like a real dog said. Let me tell you. Seriously? It's catchy. It no, gets in not, your head. it's not.
6: It, it, does, it, it doesn't even make any sense. King David,
4: hail! Oh, hi. Who are you? Uh, we are Bana and Rahab, officers of Ishbashat.
1: Lot of names. Busy week.
4: The son of Saul?
1: Right. Yes. Who the Abner guy worked. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yes. We yes. have mm-hmm. cut off Ishbosheth's head and bring it to you as a
3: gesture of peace. Wow. Okay. I feel like there's just, there's just so much. A- Warning, the following podcast has been rated R for strong language, partial nudity, and mild drug use.
0: This week's episode of The Scaling Atheist is brought to you by Gabby, Stamps.com, Zip Recruiter, and by the new website for people named Frank who are in possession of a peach, FranksPeach.com. Totally different website than Frankspeech.com, though. I sure hope there's no confusion, my pillow guy. And now, The Scathing Atheist.
1: Hi, I'm Andy from Los Angeles, and I'm a three-time cancer survivor. I was healed miraculously by an ancient Jew, and his name was Peter Rosen, M.D., who did assure
4: me that we evolved from filthy, filthy, filthy monkey men.
0: And if you
1: looked up during the Ascension... Did you see Jesus' balls? That's an important question, actually. I am no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from Mediterranean Avenues, New Jersey, Cincinnati Red (laughs) State, and Redtown Blue State, this is the Skating Houston Oh this week's episode, Caitlyn Jenner's existence defeats the bigotry war games computer. <laughs> Joe Biden persecutes Christianity with a national day
0: of prayer. And the GOP will look the lighter side of human trafficking. But first, the diatribe. Here I am. I finally made it. Not to brag, because I know everybody hasn't been as lucky as I have, but I crossed the finish line this week. On Monday, two weeks out from the second shot of the Moderna vaccine, I am fully inoculated. After a long 14 months isolation, I can finally go to social events, see other people, hug, be hugged, and dine out. And on behalf of all the people who find themselves in my situation, I want to say, God. Damn it. I I mean, look, look, I'm glad I'm vaccinated, right? Like, I I have an old guy with all kind of feckless organs living with me, and it's nice to know I can go pick up a gallon of milk without putting his life at risk, but I hate social events. I don't care for other people. I'm not remotely a hugger, and the nicest restaurant in this shit town is a fucking Applebee's. Yes, I'm willing to do my part for the greater goal of national health, but it was hard to give up my ready-made excuse to beg out of all events to get there. Right? Like, I I hope motherfuckers know what a sacrifice we introverts are making on this one. Of course, just because we can be roped into social events doesn't mean that we should be. If you live in a shitty Republican part of the country like me, or if you have, you know, I, I don't know what the big deal is, family members like I do, the pandemic might still be a legitimate excuse to say no. Like, let me give you a real world example from this past weekend where I should have done that. So I get invited to this birthday party on Saturday, and I'm still a couple of days shy of the like fully vaccinated mark, but but it's an outdoor affair. It was a family member's first birthday since her husband died, and I was assured that everybody who was invited was going to be vaccinated. Now, this is one of those parties where it's a member of my wife's family, so I'm already the superfluous spouse. I'm there to make it look like there are more people to celebrate her birthday. I'm there to hang out kind of near the snacks and... Talk to people about the most anodyne bullshit I can think of all night. And because I'm almost certainly going to be the only Biden voting atheist there who isn't married to me anyway, I'm supposed to avoid religion and politics at all costs. Anyway, so we pull up amid a fucking herd of SUVs and oversized pickups with Make America Great Again hats on the dashboard and stop the steel stickers on the bumper. And I start thinking to myself, I bet they were lying about everybody being vaccinated. So I grab a mask before I get out of the car. Uh, needless to say, Lucinda and I are the only ones wearing them. Anyway, I, I make a quick round to say hi to people, you know, the the ones that I actually want to see. That's my niece and her daughter. And and then I find a lawn chair that nobody's using. I plant my ass and I reflect on how smartphones are an introvert's best friend. But of course, before long, somebody's pulling up a chair to chat with me. And it's one of those pretending to remember this guy conversations. He turned out to be like one of my sister-in-law's neighbors that I must have met at a cookout or something. And we talked about the NFL draft for a few minutes. But then after that, I was out of sports talk and I can no longer delay the inevitable. He brings up the fact that his wife and his daughter would have hadn't got vaccinated, but he's not too sure about the long-term side effects of that thing. After all, who knows what the vaccine might do to you, you know, 10 years down the road. So I say... Oh, I do none. Nothing because it's a fucking vaccine and not a goddamn time capsule. You frothing at the mouth idiot. What about the long term effects of covid-19? Jesus fucking Christ. We know those include lung damage, heart damage, liver damage, permanent loss of basic senses and something called brain fog. Though I doubt you'd notice the last one. But somehow between my brain and my mouth that got whittled down to, huh? And then I find myself in this kind of fucked up situation vis-a-vis social etiquette, right? Because my goddamn father-in-law is at this event. The person whose birthday it is just turned 71. There are kids there. And I'm not like I'm not technically all the way vaccinated at that point myself. So I feel like I should just leave. I should just say, oh, I was told everybody here was going to be vaccinated and just pick up my shit and go. I shouldn't be concerned about whether that's going to hurt anybody's feelings. Somewhere along the line, somebody lied about the safety conditions at the event itself, and that's more than enough reason to just fuck off. But, and this will be the downfall of our goddamn species, my desire not to be rude overruled my desire to keep myself and my loved ones safe, so I fucking had to write off that option. Now, the other option, of course, was to say all the stuff that my internal monologue was shouting at this asshole, but surely that would come off as even more rude than just leaving. The other option, and the one that I ended up settling for, was to, you know, fake a couple of phone calls, keep myself way off in the distance in the back back, back part of the yard, and then leave the absolute second it would be socially acceptable. And it pissed me off, right? Like, I was pissed at myself for capitulating to social pressure that easily. But more than that, I was pissed because I went in there without a fucking plan. Right, I should have predicted that something like that was going to happen, especially in the trumpety-ass area I live in, and I should have decided in advance exactly what I was going to do. And, of course, on the drive home, I formulated the exact fucking plan I should have gone in there with, and even though it's too late for me to use it in this instance, something tells me the situation is going to come up again. So, And you might encounter it yourself, so I'm going to offer it up in case it comes in handy for you. The next time somebody tells you that they didn't get the shot, they're worried about this, they're not so sure about that, whatever, just say, scared of the needle, and then no matter what justification they offer, just very obviously don't believe them and go, like, come on, man, you're scared of the needle. It's, it's fine. Just admit it. Because, like, let's face it, if you meet a person offering up how unvaccinated they are, unsolicited, odds are overwhelming that, A, it's a guy, and, B, it's a guy who buys all the way into the toxic masculinity bullshit about how they ain't supposed to be scared and knitting. And, and not only could this method be effective – Let's face it, this is almost certainly true, right? That's why they're avoiding it. Nobody likes to get stuck with a fucking needle, and they've got an excuse. In fact, you know what? I'm willing to offer this strategy up on the national level if the White House wants it. I feel like Joe Biden's don't be such a sissy campaign might have legs, right? Like Biden comes out, looks straight into the camera, and says, what, are you, yella? You like some whining baby at the doctor's office scared of a fucking needle? Old ladies with diabetes do this shit to themselves, you chicken shit bastards i feel like he does that the next day goddamn tucker carlson's taking a shot of pfizer in his eyeballs at prime time with the no you are scrolling to the graphic below him look logic hasn't worked on these assholes expertise hasn't worked on them sympathy for their fellow human beings hasn't moved them a fucking inch at a certain point they've left us no choice but to kick them square in the manhood
5: they're talking about your We
0: interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin Joining me for headlines tonight are the Snips and Snails to My Puppy Dog tails, Heath Edright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, you ready to find out what the fuck a snip is?
1: Mm, the last time I said yes to that question, I deeply regret it. <laughs> no, okay, I was heavy petting you. You were fine. <laughs> I was heavy petting.
0: Relax. All right, and speaking of crossing over multiple properties, it's time for a word from our first sponsor this week, Gabby.
1: Carter Home Insurance Company, the answer is no. Hi. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm calling about my insurance policy. So my bill seems super high. Also, what does it mean that you'll only cover boat headlights? Like I can get boat headlights for my car or do I need to buy a boat? I don't understand what's happening. No, no. Okay. Well, there's gotta be a better way to do insurance than this. There is Gabby. Oh, what's Gabby? They are the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. And all in one place. Really? Really. Use your current insurance information to get started in just minutes. You'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you already have. And it's free to use.
0: And is it really easy to use? Oh, it sure is. I just plugged in my info Um, from my current insurance provider, and Gabby uh, found me over 200 bucks in savings. Noah, how, how are you on this call? Party line. Yeah. Party line. In fact, Gabby customers save
1: $961 per year on average, and they never sell your info. So no annoying spam or robocalls. All right. I'm sold. Where do I sign up? Put your policy to the test like I did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash scathing. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash scathing. Gabby.com slash scathing. Great. Now, about those headlights, do I buy them, like, on a boat? Ooh, warmer. I hate you.
0: And now, back to the headlines. In
1: our lead story tonight. In general election news. It's it's funny because it's the spelling. (laughs) If you're a patron, you get scripts and see how great I am. As the recall election of California Governor Gavin Newsom draws closer, several prominent Republicans have stepped forward in hopes of grabbing the belt from atop the cage that is California politics. And driving her hatchback through the competition is none other than former Olympian and proof that you can be both trans and the fucking worst, Caitlyn Jenner. Well, uh, Trump... Only had one of the platonic virtues, so I guess it's, right, it's reality television, running, throwing, and
0: jumping. Caitlyn Jenner (laughs) checks all the boxes. That's just math, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, because if there's anyone that the bigot caucus can flock to. (laughs) Well,
1: spoilers, Noah. So... There are a thousand downsides to Jenner's candidacy. She's woefully ignorant about politics. She repeats garbage anti-science opinions about trans women in sports while competing in women's sports as a woman. But there is one upside, and that's California's Christian bigots trying to figure out how to support slash not support her. Because she has all their
4: opinions, even though
1: she's trans. Yeah, you can see the confusion in their stupid fucking faces. Just like (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner, Ben Carson, Richard Dawkins, Rachel Dolezard. I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good thing Christians and Trump supporters can't abide contradictions between their stated opinions and actions, or she'd stand a real chance.
1: (laughs) So in a wonderful roundup brought to us by one news now titled if jenner is on the ballot how do you vote we heard from some of our favorite best worst here on the scathing atheist starting with none other than hate group leader robert jeffress who said quote i can't tell people how to vote in a situation like that i think we need to call the situation with bruce jenner what it is oh jesus christ gender confusion is an emotional disorder it needs to be treated compassionately but it needs to be treated, end quote.
0: Uh, Okay, all right. So cosmic justice, though, Caitlyn Jenner is going to split her own vote with assholes that support her, but can't bear to acknowledge her real name. Yeah, Right? They're going (laughs) to write in Bruce.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Shit, do I still win? (laughs) Dr. Richard Land of Southern Evangelical Seminary was a bit more positive, but still obviously torn, calling Jenner, quote, a strong law and order candidate and someone who, quote, Favors capitalism over socialism, what but added so, so. but does that overcome the fact that if we elect a transgender governor, that makes transgenderism more acceptable and Wow <laughs> just capitalism or bigotry the sophie's choice of the g o
2: p.
0: Well, I just, I I love that Republicans can no longer even state what they're for without just naming platitudes that every politician in both parties for the last hundred years has supported, right? <laughs>
5: Honest <laughs> truth,
1: the American way. Yeah. <laughs> Captain America's shield. So, yeah, obviously a hard choice for Christians in California right now. Looks like Jeffress might explode, like that bigoted version of the computer from War Games, but on the bright side, polling shows... They're probably going to lose no matter who they put up. So it's a <laughs> lose-lose, win-win for all of us. Right. Cool. So,
0: Todd, is that blanks? Did we blank out? Yeah. Lose-lose, win-win? Yeah. Great. And then blessed foot forward news tonight, when Catholic priests decide not to be bigots, that's international news. <laughs> right? Like, I'm going to do a story where I'm going to... Pat a few Catholic priests on the back for doing the right thing. But I want to stress at the outset that for a Catholic priest, doing the right thing means not being a Catholic priest about it. And this story is going to reinforce that because the extent to which they're doing the right thing is precisely commensurate with the extent to which they're not doing what the Catholic priests are supposed to do. So with that in mind, quick tip of the hat to a group of German priests who plan to begin blessing gay marriages on May 16th in direct defiance of the Vatican's dictates. A little bit late, but okay. Well, right, yeah, as, as unimpressive as I decided not to be an active bigot is, as near as I can tell, they refrained from raping any children while making that announcement as well. So, like, you know, the curves that we grade religious leaders on, they're fucking crushing it.
1: Yeah, they're yeah. wrecking it for everyone else. Good <laughs> job. They also did not smuggle any war criminals to Argentina during the announcement right? from yeah. <laughs> their German Catholic priest area. It's another weird wind condition, but I guess that's something, yeah, right? that's something. you got to meet them where they are. <laughs> hey, German dudes, if you like blessing gay marriages and not being a bigot, can I recommend atheism? It's uh what you're doing now, but you don't have to do any paperwork, you don't have to wear silly outfits, yeah right you They're can yeah, you can just wear sweats and a t shirt man. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, this story comes out of Berlin, where Jesuit Reverend Jan Korditschke released a statement making it clear he and a number of other Catholic priests in Germany intended to start blessing gay unions on May 16th. He told the Associated Press, quote, I am convinced that homosexual orientation is not bad, nor is homosexual love a sin. I want to celebrate the love of homosexuals with these blessings because the love of homosexuals is something good, end quote. And again, I I, I feel that we need to stress how bare minimum this is because – a fucking course. Love is good, right? But I, I, it's like, I don't believe you are inherently evil. Isn't exactly a compliment, but it's still a step forward for Catholicism and thus worthy of praise.
1: It's every old white dad being, you know, he does that thing at the restaurant where he's like being actively not racist with the waiter. Yeah. Behind, <laughs> behind. <laughs> yeah. Which again is a win condition for a Catholic yep. priest, right? But in this case, there's an Italian guy in a gold dress yelling at him from another table for learning the waiter's yeah, name. Yeah, right, exactly.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, of course, not everybody is happy about this. Uh, the priests involved acknowledged that they could see some kind of sanction from the Vatican, but they were thoroughly unconcerned. I, I mean, they didn't come right out and say, yeah, but those motherfuckers cover for child rapists, but they kind of implied that. They really do. Yeah, when asked about Vatican repercussions, spokesperson for the Central Committee of German Catholics, Birgit Mock, said, quote, Things cannot continue the way they did. This is what the crimes and cover-ups of sexual abuse showed us. We need systemic changes also regarding a reassessment of the ecclesiastical morality of sexuality. End quote.
1: Translation, hey, guys, if our moral compass included raping children but not gay dudes, I think we might need a new compass. Right.
0: <laughs> to be clear, he didn't mean raping gay dudes. It just was confusing the way the uh, phrasing. Uh, so at least a 100 Catholic churches in Germany currently plan to participate in this bit of civil disobedience. And while the blessing won't have any official legitimacy within the church, that literally... Could not matter less if it fucking tried. And even if it did, it would still be imaginary to the second power. So, okay, now it's imaginary to the third power. So fucking what? On top of that, sanctioned by the Vatican, generally speaking, makes an action less moral. Yeah. Right? So, if anything, this kind of legitimizes it.
1: Yeah, there are like holy wars on the list of sanctioned by the Vatican.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And in a broken lock is right twice a day news. Nice. I'm not even willing to grant that in this case. I see okay. what you're doing. That's <laughs> yeah, good but it's a, good, it's, a, it's a good opening. But. Thank you. Thank you. I found myself agreeing with Christian hate preacher Greg Locke this week. And it wasn't just because we share similarly insane and diabetes-inducing Dunkin' Donuts orders. During a sermon where he railed against Joe Biden for... Undoing all the great plague progress his predecessor put in place, Locke had some unkind words for the Pope this week. And anybody who insults the Pope, however temporarily, is a friend of mine.
0: Okay, Greg Locke should have to go fishing with you now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So here's the quote. I got three letters in the mail just the other day. Not a one of them had a return address. Not a one of them. And all three of them were castigating me because they said... We want you to know that Joe Biden is an honorable man. Joe Biden is a practicing Catholic. So is the Pope, but he's the biggest pedophile on the planet. Say amen right there. You tell old John boy I said so, end quote.
0: Yeah, hard to think of any prominent Baptist in the news at the moment for pedophilia-related shit. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, lots to unpack in that sentence. So, first of all. I did not know that pedophiles had a ranking system. Right. <laughs> uh, now I know that they do. Didn't you? Big ups to Pope Francis. I know Josh Duggar made a last-minute run at the title there, but you clinched it, Frankie. <laughs> okay, so you did know about the ranking system. Yeah. Yeah, Duggar might have better, like, personal numbers, but the Pope has a big downline in the MLM. Right. <laughs> yes, in. exactly. And he might have better personal numbers, too. It's hard to say. Like, He's if old, no one dude. Knows He's been around if the Pope had better while. personal numbers, yeah. I don't think. Okay, but my real question is about that last bit at yes, the end. thank you. Where he says, John boy. That was very confusing. So I have two theories. Either Greg Locke forgot Joseph Biden's name, possible, Very or possible. Yes. <laughs> as Hammett Meta over at the Friendly Atheist blog postulated, he thinks that the Pope is still John Paul II. Yes, I think that's right. Who died 15 years <laughs> Almost ago. Almost certainly that second <laughs> yes. one, yes. Or, or he thinks... The the Waltons was a documentary about
0: (laughs) (laughs) the origin story of Pope Francis from Argentina. Or maybe he wanted them to tell John Stamos. I'm just saying it's Greg Locke, right? Let's not pretend that there has to be some reason for his words to happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Either way, it's nice to find some common ground with Greg after so much back and forth on this show. Big ups to him and, hey, the leader of his movement, Jerry Falwell Sr.
0: And now that Eli has a new snuggle buddy, sorry, Greg, you brought this on yourself. We're going to pause for a quick word from our second sponsor this week, Stamps.com.
1: Okay, and then you bring this to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars, okay? <laughs> By Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. I always <laughs> say It is too a band. It's a band. Hey, Heath, what you fighting with that pony about? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Eli, I was fighting with a pony. So I'm just trying to send stuff to Slotnick, and it's... Really difficult. Through the Pony Express? Yeah. You know, some people like to do stuff the old-fashioned way, so that's what I'm doing. Like folks who still go to the post office when they could be using Stamps.com instead. What's Stamps.com? Great question. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. It's a must-have for any business. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop shipping out orders, or just navigating this hybrid work-life, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. No wonder over 1 million businesses choose Stamps.com for their mailing and shipping. Wow, that does sound easy. Simply use your computer to print out official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, we actually use Stamps.com to send out all our Patreon rewards, and it makes it super simple and easy to send them. Plus, we save a bunch of money. Wait. How does Stamps.com save you money?
1: Well, with Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off postage rates and up to 66% off UPS rates. Not to mention, Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. All right, I'm sold. Where do I sign up? Stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk, and with our promo code SCAPING, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Scathing. That's Stamps.com, promo code SCAThing. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. All right.
0: Well, it looks like I won't be needing your help after all. Now, uh, Heath, you know the Pony Express had a guy on the pony, right? Oh, now you're going to tell me that? Now you're going to tell me that. (laughs) There's a guy. There's a human being. (laughs) What'd you say?
1: You heard him. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Next up in headlines, it was the National Day of Prayer last week, and Joe Biden. Anna?
2: What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout.
1: That's right. Christians are freaking out because Joe Biden combined church and state. But he didn't smush them together hard enough for them. (laughs) Biden issued an official proclamation recognizing the National Day of Prayer, but he didn't literally include the word God because he's an evil, atheist, devout Catholic. So, freak out. OAN might as well start running 90-minute segments on whether or not Biden puts the emphasis on both syllables of Jesus too equally (laughs) at this point. (laughs) So... Here's a few of the key moments from the proclamation. Biden started by saying throughout our history, Americans of many religions and right there. See, I'm going to stop right there. That's persecution. Number one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Religions. How dare he? He continued. Americans of many religions and belief systems have turned to prayer for strength, hope and guidance. Prayer has nourished countless souls and powered moral movements, including essential fights against racial injustice child labor, and infringement on the rights of disabled Americans. Child labor? Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So, obviously, all that was a slap in the face to <laughs> Yeah. No mention of all the amazing praying for white power and child slaves and better parking spots for the able yeah. slap in the face to Christianity. Bigotry right there. And it got even worse when he quoted the Notoriously godless John Lewis, who said, (laughs) human beings are the most dynamic link to the divine on this planet. So, again, atheism. That was an atheism (laughs) moment about the divine.
0: Okay, I've been thinking about it. Technically, I am going to give him one. So, prayer technically has nourished countless souls because if souls don't exist, they wouldn't require nourishment if they did, and zero is also technically countless, right? That would be Ooh. another way <laughs> of interpreting that word.
1: Okay, let me give him one. It is nice of prayer to fight all the stuff funded or downright caused by the stuff religion does. Yeah. That's nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, just about everyone with a tab on Right Wing Watch had a meltdown, and of course that includes Franklin Graham, who put a big post on Facebook. And you can hear the panic in the text. Oh it's yeah. Great. You, you taste it. it. It was like listening to someone explain the argument that they won lost at work that you aggressively don't care about, <laughs> but they're going to explain it to you. Right. Graham obviously complained about the word God not appearing, but the rest is just ranting about just Biden by law, by law has to proclaim something nice about us. That's a law since 1952. Legal law. He freaks out. And that's, Actually, a reference to my favorite part of Biden's proclamation. Biden said, the Congress, by public law, 100-307, as amended, says, I have to proclaim this thing every year. Okay. There. (laughs) I did it. Which So, yeah, it's true. There is some kind of law in there that
4: says something Something like that.
0: fucking dumb. Graham freaked out about it, though. But but isn't it amazing, though, to watch them call themselves on their own bullshit here, right? Because, like, for decades, they have justified this obvious First Amendment violation by saying it doesn't encourage Christian prayer, just prayer in general and all kinds of people pray. And then somebody legitimately does that and they lose their fucking shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like driving your racist mom to a black neighborhood and then just... Watching her panic and try and describe her surroundings. <laughs> Rolling up the windows. Sketchy. Uh, low hey, income urban yep, Just don't describe it. We'll just <laughs> not describe the neighborhood. Great. And just for the record, I did a quick word search on Biden's proclamation. The word pray or prayer appears literally a dozen times out of 474 total words. Faith appears four times. Blessing appears twice. And it also includes souls, religious liberty, religious vitality, spiritual guidance, and the divine. Oh, and literally, our Lord is in the proclamation. Really? <laughs> yeah. But that was at the end when Biden said, the year of our Lord. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Which, to be fair, it doesn't. Biden definitely snuck it in there to be a dick, and I love that. <laughs> God's a bridezilla. It's
0: my day. My It's, day. it's so <laughs> fucked up. Though, like, Just keep that in mind. They're pissed off because he gets left out of the proclamation about him. He's in the fucking year. Yep. <laughs> and in dung in the restless news tonight, a doctor somewhere in the world felt the need to say, quote, there is no concrete scientific evidence that cow dung or urine works to boost immunity against COVID-19, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't alone. Good to know. Whole fucking medical associations have had to echo precisely that sentiment because, as we've discussed before on this show, superstitious people in rural India are pretty sure that everything that falls out of a cow is magical. And now, many of them are smearing themselves from head to toe with cow dung in hopes of warding off COVID-19. Yikes. (sighs) Okay, first of all,
1: horrible situation, not funny. But, okay, it's the job, just a small thing. I feel like you rub extra... On your shins and calves and other spots. Like, avoid the face. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird giving notes about that, but I feel like you can avoid the face. <laughs> yeah. If I'm smearing shit, I, I'm doing a lot of other stuff besides the That's the last thing I do. Yeah. Also, no offense to the medical practitioners who are obviously, you know, they're trying their best. But I feel like if someone's rubbing cow shit on their face... They're not listening to doctors, well, right? Yes. No one's, no yeah. one's like, okay, let's see what I'm Dr. Dr. Abud has to say. One second. Squeeze,
0: squeeze. what you can do, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I want to inject a bit of sympathy in this story. Like normally a story about religious people ceremonially covering themselves in excrement is a, like a party hats and noisemakers kind of moment here at the Skating Atheist. But Absolutely. at this particular moment, given the out of control death tsunami that COVID is causing in India right now, Like, I see how you get to, okay, but what if the cow shit people were right all along, right? That's terrifying. The numbers and the news footage out of that country is scary as hell. That being said, the problem isn't getting better now that people are drinking cow shit potions and applying it topically, Mm -mm. right? And this is a practice that is apparently so common that no lesser than the Indian Medical Association felt the need to issue warnings of the health risks of smearing disease all over one's self. Okay, so
1: again, I feel genuinely bad for these people. They're victims of religion, and it's fucking tragic. But if there's a silver lining, again, this is the job. I'm trying to find something here. Indian Gary Larson is having a great moment for the Indian far Side. Right. Leader, right. Some really good comics coming out with that. Also, a million people in this country just died because Uncle Frank doesn't think masks work. I'm not having a hard time
0: picturing him drinking cow shit. Right. Well, yeah, no, look, in defense of Indian superstition, I should point out that smearing oneself with cow shit not only, you know, aids in social distancing, but it also it's a hell of a lot healthier than internal bleach protocols, as suggested by (laughs) our former president. And, and, and at least the people doing this shit have the excuse of generations of misguided tradition and, you know, not having a team of the world's leading experts advising them on the best courses of treatment. So, yeah, we're in no place to look down on it, I
1: guess. Indian Tucker Carlson is just covered in cow shit on the news. Why isn't Fauci telling us the truth about cow shit? Oh, got in my mouth. Oh, oh, it got in my mouth. A big drip. Ugh. Give me a second. I'm Tucker Carlson. And finally tonight, the state of Louisiana is dealing with an interesting issue in its public school system. What's that, Heath? Uh, apparently, the kids are learning too much. I figured. <laughs> Their knowledge is too big. They've had complaints about how big that knowledge is. <laughs> Girthy. But don't worry. Evangelical Christians are working hard to solve the problem. And that's why GOP State Representative Ray Garofalo proposed a new bill that would ban the teaching of lessons about racism or
0: sexism, both banned in the new bill. Wow. So what's the history of Louisiana curriculum? (laughs) And then our state was created fully formed in 2005, 2006.
1: (laughs) And then
4: it disappeared into the void.
1: We will
0: will let you know when it emerges
4: from its slumber.
1: (laughs) Yep. And believe it or not, I did not get to the dumbest part yet. And I'll probably have to say that again before the story's over. So, Garofalo introduced HB 564 to ban learning about racism and sexism. And even his fellow Republicans had to object to that and distance themselves a little bit. Not about willful ignorance regarding two of the worst societal problems, of course. They objected to the stifling of free speech. That was the Republican problem with his bill. But Garofalo explained... No, I totally want kids to learn about slavery. I want them to learn exact words. The good, the bad, and the ugly about uh, slavery. Whew. Oh, pretty sure they were teaching the bad and the ugly, my dude. Yeah, I've already had <laughs> yep.
0: that. So. Sure did. What are we adding
1: then? <laughs> Great question. So luckily for humanity, at least one other person heard it who was at that meeting. State rep Stephanie Hilferty jumped in and said, sorry, um, the good in slavery? Was that your last sentence? Did you say that? So Garofalo was like, oh, okay, and he backpedaled and explained he was just using a figure of speech, which is, okay, it's probably true. He's just an idiot.
0: Well, if only he'd have more lessons on racism, <laughs> or
1: figures of speech. <laughs> yeah, but this led to some stories in the news about his giant gaffe. He did say out loud the good in slavery, and Hilferty Went on CNN to complain about the clickbaity headlines. So fine. She's a Republican too. She didn't like the clickbait thing. But like I said before, I still haven't reached the dumbest part of the story. So in response to Hilferty's appearance, the president of the women's Republican club of New Orleans, Martha Huckabay, made the following post. Quote, what is Stephanie Hilferty doing here? Why is she trying to trap a Republican and twist his words? How does she 100% know there is no good in slavery if none of us were around during slavery? What? (laughs) Weren't some slaves treated really well? They were slaves. I know in the Bible they
0: were. And real exact quote. From a Republican leader. All right, so by by that same, if we weren't there to see it, it could be anything logic. How do we know that Martha Huckabee wasn't created when a sad wizard fucked a weak old (laughs) jack-o'-lantern? I have photographic evidence of mine. We do not know that. But
1: based on her opinions, name, and appearance, (laughs) she's like someone bought Sarah Huckabee Sanders on Wish. So maybe Mm, she's like the Wish version. (laughs) Sarah Huckabee Sanders? By the way, I still have not reached the dumbest part. (laughs) Still? Here it is. Yes. It's going to get dumber. Martha Huckabay made a follow-up post about the underrated slave experience that she knows about from the Bible. Okay. Quote, if you've read your Bible, you would know that many of the slaves loved their masters. And their masters loved them, sick. Did an incredible railroad system created under horrible slavery conditions and hardworking ethics develop... Sick. What? (laughs) Did generations of beautiful life come from those who were sold into slavery from Africa and sold by Africans make America the beautiful divers culture it is today? Sick. (laughs) And, oh my God, just for the record, there was a heart eyes emoji there after the word beautiful. Oh, Jesus Christ. Continuing. Was it true that some slaves never wanted to leave their plantation because it had become their home. Were some slaves treated with love and respect? If so, is this the good
0: part he was referring to? Sick, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, God, I want Martha to defend all my political enemies from now on. Two right? <laughs> <Too> fucking <laughs> votes.
1: God damn it. Louisiana gets two
0: senators.
1: Two. <sighs> okay, there was the dumbest part. You know, so yeah, the dumbest down part. And
0: everybody. Alright, well, we've reached that intellectual nadir that tells me the headlines are done for the night, so Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumanji! And when we come back, we're gonna really earn that explicit tag.
1: Ooh, how about Dr. Doom? I mean, angry, but like, where's the charm? What? He runs a whole country! Hey fellas, what you doing? Oh, hey, Noah, we were just finding your replacement.
0: My replacement? Yeah, you know, with
1: you having extensive surgeries the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and um, in the coming weeks. (laughs) And in the coming weeks. So we just need to be prepared for the worst. That's all. Uh, Well, thank
0: you for your confidence in my well-being. You're welcome. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, we are all set. What's ZipRecruiter? It's the smartest way to hire.
1: When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent to over 100 top job sites with just one click. Then, ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day.
0: Wow, that does sound good.
1: It is. So while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. Once again, remember to go to this unique place, ZipRecruiter.com S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
0: So, uh, any good candidates?
1: Uh I mean, the Green Goblin throws pumpkins. I can throw pumpkins.
0: The word insult comes from the Latin insultere, which means to leap on. So if you think about it, the victims of this week's Vulgarity for Charity roasts could have had it a hell of a lot worse if we were being literal. And with that in mind, we're going to start off with this one for Eli. Sarah would like a roast of Governor Kevin Stitt. (laughs) Kevin Stitt looks like he's hosting the
1: finale of an action movie about caterpillars. On his forehead. Like, like <laughs> both caterpillars or John Woo diving at each other, two guns
0: in each hand, and then he had his picture taken. Yep. That's, that's Kevin Stick. Alright, well done. And, and he Eric would like you to roast their ex, James, and make it a good one because apropos of nothing, Eric was our 666th donor.
1: Ooh. Okay, cool. And, uh,
0: according to Eric,
1: James is a
0: six foot six, body obsessed,
1: Trump-supporting, white supremacist, Blue Lives Matter, Aryan alcoholic. So, kind of did my job for me there. (laughs) I'll just (laughs) add that James is pretty much exactly me if my college experience wasn't four years of smart people beating the bad ideas out of me. And assuming body-obsessed is about how many pizzas you can eat competitively. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Point, Point being, cishet white guys who don't get beat up for four years minimum are the worst. Also, he's six foot six. That's gross. That's too tall. Right? <laughs> disgusting.
0: Have a personality. Don't just be the tall guy. Exactly. Boring. All right, Noah. I've got one
1: for you here. Beth would like you to roast the developers of the Hard Rock Hotel.
0: Yeah. Right, yeah, some of you may have forgotten this one because so much big news got subsumed by other big news in 2019. But the Hard Rock Hotel was an aspirational building in New Orleans that partially collapsed in October of 2019, right after workers started posting the like, this flimsy motherfucker's gonna partially collapse videos on YouTube. So, apparently, the folks at Hard Rock make hotels the same way they make their sandwiches overpriced, undermade, and held together with fucking toothpicks. <laughs> All right, so, Heath, I, I got one for you. Dell would like a roast of the Cognitive Dissonance podcast because they're not as good as secular soup.
1: <laughs> Hi, Dell. Dell's the best. Okay, so I hate to reject the premise of a roast, but Cogniz is fantastic. I mean, just listen to all the laughing, and you'll know it's the best podcast out there. Just measure Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that being said, Dell mentioned that Secular Soup has dick bowls. Mm. I have no idea what that means, but my curiosity is piqued, and apparently Eli does know what that means. Eli, do you want to Playing about the dick bowls? I already asked you if you wanted a dick bowl. Don't act like you want one now while we're on the air. I sent you a dozen emails. Okay. We are now both banned from that, Benny Hanna. I'm not having <laughs> I think they're talking about something else. Oh, never are Retracted. Retracted. <laughs> All right. No, I've got one for you. Another one from Beth, actually. She would like a roast of ice agents who are assholes. So,
0: ice agents? Ice agents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, at, at first I was hoping that. I was going to finally get to take those jackasses at the Institute for Culinary Education down a peg. But no, no, it was the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, which it, the the government organization that's so dumb, it was literally thwarted by sign up sheets at Mexican groceries. <laughs> and, and I know there are people out there who argue that, you know, somebody has to do this job, but. No, the fuck they don't. No. This group was created in 2002 under the Homeland Security Act. Remember that reactionary bullshit legislation that gave us liquid bans on airlines and color-coded terrorism threat scales? What are the odds that they got one thing right and it happened to be the most Gestapo-like thing that came out of that legislation? Mm. I'm guessing low. Yeah. Yeah, the orange level, not likely. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so Eli Justin donated a few dollars to have you roast him all right well justin looks like the kind of guy who would try
1: to fish off the side of the long island ferry my friends he looks like he's just been
0: banned from several day camps for cruising
1: for chicks (laughs) accurate
0: all right so eli here's a weird one nat would like you to roast the copen wasp lab okay so this is a science machine that
1: apparently doesn't science very good. And literally, Nat's entire lab got together to donate to roast this thing. <laughs> I tried to find out what the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> failed. But luckily for us, it is the ugliest non-computer-looking computer I've ever seen. It looks like the Ukrainian live-action remake of Wally. <laughs> it looks like the video game console not even Noah could love.
0: <laughs> All right, so, Heath, I've got a challenge for you. This may be the one that breaks you. Gene would like a roast of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, so Gene
1: sent an email that mentioned how I obviously have a giant crush on Justin Trudeau. And then he was like, yeah, so... You're gonna square that up with the blackface thing. And Gene, I see what you're doing. You're trying to trap me, like Eli does sometimes, tries to get me to say a thing. You're trying to you're trying to get me to say I have a crush on a man who wore blackface. And that's no okay, well now I realize I've said that now and it's gonna go into Morgan's out of context quote file. Okay, yep. start over. Start over. <laughs> cut that, Morgan. Cut that. Justin Trudeau, he's like Canadian Rob Lowe. You know what I mean? Like everything he did in the eighties and nineties, extremely problematic. But then he did a little bit of good stuff more recently, and now he's a model for Jawline Shampoo. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. But we didn't forget about the horrible stuff. You're still very problematic (laughs) with
0: that 80s, 90s stuff. We don't forget. All right. Awesome. Well done. And that's the sound that means it's time for another Spightening Round. The category is retro roasting, so for the following roast, I'd like you to deliver them in the style of the decade of my choice. So, Eli, you're up first. Sean would like a roaster for Wes, who is a lawyer in your neck of the woods, and I'd like you to do it as though from the 1920s.
1: Mm, all right. uh Well, honky malonky, West sure is a fantastic fella. I mean, look at that cigar. Look at that big old glass of the washtub. A man's man, if ever there was one. <laughs> and sure, the Danes might be as interested in him as they are in a penny stock. But heck, if that'll keep him off the slip and slaw, you look like FDR's legs work. <laughs> By which I mean great. <laughs> what? <laughs> 1920s. I think what legs are great. Slip and slaw. I don't know what that means, but I enjoyed hearing it. You Slip can make up your own 1920s. You yeah, like noises yeah, if you say right. it like yeah, that, exactly. and it's a thing,
0: probably. All right, Heath, let's dive into your specialty. Rosalie Wano saw a roast of Jeremy, and I'd like to roast from the 1990s. Oh, okay. Well, most
1: of the roasting from the 1990s is homophobic slurs, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. Just like the ones Jeremy is probably using right now in the 2020s. <laughs> but. He does look like an employee at Staples trying to hit on your mom by leveraging a secret stash of trapper keepers that he keeps you back yeah <laughs> <on design. laughs> That's what he definitely, <laughs> definitely looks like. That happened to me. I'm pretty sure with that guy when I was like 11. <laughs> and Noah, while we're talking about our golden teen years, take us
0: back to the 1960s with a roast of Kenny Loggins. For Renee. Kenny Loggins. You, you mean the guy from that MLM that had to pay $40 million in restitution at the order of the FTC? <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> or, or or, the guy who co-authored a book with his wife about how much better their marriage was than everybody else's a couple of years before she filed for divorce? Wow. wow. Yeah. not know about that one. Did you, did you know that guy also did music? Music. <laughs> okay. That's excellent, Noel, but you were supposed to do it in the style of the 60s, so. Well, yeah, I'm high. You know what? That counts. That counts. Yeah. 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 All right. (laughs) So, Heath, I have another challenge for you. Wendy's three cats named Alvin, Ashton, and Jiggy would like you to roast the unnamed dog that came into their house without any feline authorization whatsoever. (laughs) And we're going to have you do that roast as if from the 1590s. Okay. Um. All right. Blood and destruction
1: shall be so in use, and dreadful objects so familiar, that dog mothers shall but smile when they behold their infants quartered with the claws of war. With Kate by his side, come hot from hell, shall in these confines, with a monarch's voice, cry havoc and let slip the cats of war. <laughs> Under-appreciated. Caesar. 1590. 1599. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Noah, another one for you here. Henry would like a roast of Anne Whittacombe. But to make it a bit of a challenge, I'd like you to do it in the style of the 1950s.
0: Oh, Good call. says, yeah, that would be the last time her opinions would have been socially acceptable. So, hey, <laughs> Anne, thanks for the big tickle I got when you bird-dogged your way out of a job by supporting Brexit despite being an MEP. <laughs> but <laughs> your ideas are bitching. and I, I mean that in the modern-day Sense of the term, not the 50s version, because all your ideas are just homophobic and anti-Semitic. You're just bitching as all. But I'm sure you're okay getting the boot, given your antiquated ideas about the world. You probably think Dame should be back at the pad looking after the curtain climbers anyway. And Eli, why don't you finish off this spiting round with a roast of Matthew's acrobatic partner, Bethany, but in the style of the 1980s.
1: Ooh, all right. Well, Beth is an awesome person who does stuff like travel to other countries and help poor communities. So... I think on behalf of the 80s, nerd, nerd, oh, you like helping, oh, I like to help people, gay, that's so gay, it's gay how gay you Uh, are when you help me, yeah, fair, fair, all right, let let me try this as an 80s movie trailer, Morgan.
6: This summer, when the world is in danger, oh, no, climate change is everywhere, there's a Plague. One team will use Snapchat filters on her rat dog named Tim-Tam and change everything.
1: The sky is finally clear. I can breathe again.
6: Because if not sticking your holds was a superpower, Beth is goddamn Superman. This summer, Beth.
1: Is your dog okay?
0: He looks that way on purpose. Oh, okay. All right, well done, I, I think... (laughs) All right. Well, that's all we've got for the frightening round. Next up, David would like a roast of his Facebook friend, Sean. Eli, have at it. Yikes. Okay. Sean is a great example of why Facebook needs a
1: frenemy designation, right? This dude recommends Ben Shapiro when people talk Uh, about trans rights. Oh, God. And the pictures David sent are Sean in both blue and blackface. So, you know. Hold on, because any second Heath is going to want to fuck him. But okay, uh, until but not, then, Sean, no, until Heath wants to fuck you, you look like a KKK-themed chia pet. <laughs> you look like the behind-the-music about the stuntmen for Crab and Goyle in the Harry Potter parody porn.
0: And <laughs> Heath Ashley would like a roast of her cat Quiver. Okay, <laughs> so according to Ashley, Quiver
1: has a neurological condition. Called cerebellar hypoplasia, which makes the cat fantastically uncoordinated. I looked it up. It's also called wobbly cat syndrome. And Ashley named her wobbly cat quiver. Oh, wow. So I'm confident that Ashley has a sense of humor about this and would definitely agree that a fantastically uncoordinated cat is objectively the funniest neurological condition for any pet. Like yeah, just that's for true. entertainment of all of- purposes. Because Cats are always doing ridiculous ninja stuff all over the house. But Quiver is just face-planting every time, <laughs> eating shit, trying to do that stuff. It's like if me and Eli were genetically programmed to believe we were amazing at parkour and <laughs> we just do it all the time, <laughs> and we lived at your house yeah, as your right. pets. Yeah. So Noah's existence, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Noah's <laughs> existence. <laughs> And, Noah, you're up next. Daniel wants a roast of Deacon Gary Brinksworth of St. Stephen's Catholic Church. And it uh, turns out that's a bigot. Huh? No, no a bigot. way. Yep. Yeah.
0: No, I got the asshole who treats his lesbian daughter so poorly she no longer comes home for the holidays. The piece of shit who literally skipped a friend's funeral for fear that he'd come into contact with her. And it really makes you wonder what the motivation is, right? Like, Because it's not the same sex thing. Because let's face it, like a dyed-in-the-wool misogynist like Gary would be pissed about anybody fucking his daughter, right, regardless of gender. But so like I said, it's not about sexuality. It's about control. Right, He can't make her be the thing he thinks she should be, and he needs to control others to validate himself. He doesn't have intrinsic value, and deep down he knows that, so he tries to siphon away the value of the people around him by trying to act as their puppeteer. She is a symbol not only of his failure, but of the fact that he is failure. Oh, well done. <laughs> Sorry, he said he wanted either Tom or Noah, so I figured I would meet him halfway. Oh, well, oh, there you go. There yeah, you that go. was a real Tom All right, you're up next. A Waylon would like you to roast Mormon Ben. All right, so Ben is a low-key
1: racist sexist who's dating an 18-year-old, or he was. You know, she's 20 now, so he probably lost interest. But you know what, Ben? Honestly, get used to it. I mean, you're the kind of person who's going to keep moving from relationship to relationship to religion to activity over and over again, just ever seeking the thing that will make you whole. I mean, that's why you're a bigot, right, Ben? Because... Can't possibly be your fault. You're just it's just hard out there for a straight white guy. But but then the not so secret, that, that suspicion you've always had in the back of your mind that the reason your life sucks is that you suck. is true. Everyone has imposter syndrome, Ben, but some of us deserve it. <laughs> Was that also a Tom slash Eli Nope, No, that was just me. It was just me reading the email about Ben. I don't like him. And he, (laughs) I have a funny feeling you might have an opinion about this person already. Daniel would like a roast of economist F.A. Hayek. Oh, my God. Fuck your face. Everybody who ever talks about F.A. Hayek and says it's a real opinion that's worth it. Oh, my. mm, I dealt with this so much. So F.A. Hayek is uh, a thinking man's Ronald Reagan, basically. <laughs> He's nobody. He's nobody is what I mean by that. Every F.A. Hayek book, it's on a shelf next to a cum-stained copy of Atlas Shrugged and probably a little bit of all next to that. <laughs> He's the Milton Friedman of Ayn Rand. And that, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't make any sense chronologically. It's backward. It's actually backward, just like his entire economic theory. He's... Economics, if you hold the textbook the wrong way. (laughs) And that got him a literal Nobel Prize in 1974. Uh, Just keep in mind that Henry Kissinger won a Nobel in 1973 and (laughs) Milton Friedman in 1976. So they weren't really focused up on the details at that point of who should win Nobels. (laughs) All right, Noah, you're next. Emily and Franklin want you to roast TV media pundits.
0: Oh, yeah, the astrologers of cable news, (laughs) right? Like the people whose literal job it is to have a staunch opinion on not just a breaking story, but all breaking stories, people whose merit is based not on the accuracy of their predictions, but rather the certainty with which they are uttered. You know, I'd be tempted to say media pundits have never accomplished a damn thing, but they did manage to get Trump elected in 2016. So I guess that's off the table from now on. Yep. All right, so that brings us to the final round, Heath. Back to you. Christopher says, if you're up for a challenge, insult people who insult Nickelback.
1: <laughs> yeah, those people are the worst. But seriously, making fun of Nickelback is lazy. And they can't hear you over the sound of $180 million in net worth. Oh, they really can't. <laughs> and also the sound of the, the 1, 4, and 5 of a C major scale. <laughs> also something they can't over. hear you over. And over. And that's all they can't hear you over. And Noah, one more for you here. Jamie wants a roast of the Salvation Army.
0: Oh, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, if it weren't for the Salvation Army, I I would think it was impossible to take money dishonestly in comparison to the way most churches do it. I mean, look, being a church is bad enough when you don't fucking lie about it. You pretend to be a charity, but you're no more a charity than you are a branch of the goddamn military. So I don't care how narrow you make the slot on those buckets. I'm still going to piss in them, assholes. And if you think me sticking urine in your fucking subversive collection plate is bad, wait till you find out where I want to stick that fucking bell. All right, Eli, uh, you're going to close this out here. John would like a roast of Steve, who is openly a brony and a furry. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, the photo they sent, Steve is in the middle of losing his job at Toys R Us for coming on the Shutterfly doll. Like, in the (laughs) middle. He's being caught in Picto, a spiritum, and someone's gonna explain that he has to pay for those. That is what we're (laughs) watching. But here's what haunts me about this roast, okay? Steve is a bisexual, furry brony, but John says, and I quote, he's definitely not that guy in our group, you know, the one who won't shut up about his fandoms or fetishes or whatever. He's the sane one, end quote. What? Interesting. John, Steve, who the fuck is in your group, boy? <laughs> I want to talk to the interesting one. Right? <laughs> and are you taking applications? Yeah. I, I have board games and a podcast. I'm just saying, yeah. you know,
0: <laughs> everyone needs a 12th I'm tall. I don't know what else. <laughs> all right. Well, that itches us ever closer to clearing out all the roasts from... Uh, 2019. Got a few more sessions to go, so if you haven't heard yours yet, fear not. We're getting there eventually, we promise.
1: Someday. It was like 2000. It was so good. It's for charities. It's, it's good, good. charities. Good news.
0: Things. So many more than we expected. Before we fade into the archives tonight, I want to thank all the people that have reached out and offered well wishes while I'm going through all the dental work. Very much appreciated, even when I'm physically incapable of saying you're welcome. Anyway, that's all the blast me we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be a lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's Hot Friend, God of a Moose being at 7 a.m. Eastern on a Tuesday, and an even new episode of our half sister show, Citation Needed, day being at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I need to thank Keith Enright for being the atlas that holds this shit up. I need to thank Eli Bosnick for forcing me to up my diatribe game. I need to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Illusions, who should be back next week. And I want to thank Andy from Los Angeles for providing this week's Farnsworth quote, and a thanks for Dr. Rosen for providing this week's Andy from Los Angeles. While well, we're at it. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's and last week's best people, Mark, Lisa, Matthew, Carol, Texas, Nick, regular Nick, Jason, don't take medical advice from a Joe Rogan experience, Abigail, Evan, Michelle, Matthew, Elijah, Comrade, Bunny, Maple Leafs legend, Joe Thornton, Tom, Joanna, Key, Jimmy, Seabag, Neil, Vicker, Keith, Samantha, Jesse, and Lena, who have so much gravitas they can talk a faucet out of dripping. Together, these 25 Plenty Fine patrons kept the lights on that much longer this week and last week by giving us money. Not everybody is stimulated enough to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash atheist, whereby you'll earn access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you spend all your disposable income getting gouged on a tank of gas, you can also help a ton by telling a friend about the show, liking us on Facebook, and following at PIATPod on Twitter. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the Law Offices of P. For us, Tim Robertson handles our social media and our audio engineer's Martin Clark, we also brought all the music that was used in this episode which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingadius.
1: You could get mangoes and eat pieces of mango in a reasonable amount. That's good. I like that. What am I, a fucking concubine?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.
3: Warning, this sentence is pretty much the longest we're going to go without profanity in this show.
0: This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Allbirds, Stamps.com, and by... Fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if you think about it. Or, or rather, if you if you don't think about it. And now, the scathing atheist.
4: Hello, my name is Joel Foreman, and I am the Bitter Atheist on YouTube. Just wanted to let you know that if intelligent design is real, that means God put the itchy spot in the middle of your back, just barely out of reach, on purpose. So either God's a dick, or we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey people. <laughs>
0: Twenty seventh,
1: And if you're fully vaccinated, Anthony Fauci says you can fuck us. I mean, I'd still prefer you wear a mask while you do it, but that's, you know, more of a sexual preference thing than a safety
0: okay. thing. Oh, <laughs> right. I'm no
1: illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from Philip Roths, New Jersey. Okay. In New State, Red Redtown, Blue State. This is the Skating Atheist. On this week's episode, Mother Teresa miraculously keeps sucking after death. <laughs> Triggered by Legos is a mm-hmm. real thing that exists now in reality. Yep.
0: <laughs> and Don Ford will join us for the story of a septuagenarian fuck machine. But first, the diatribe. Our show passed a pretty cool milestone last week. On Friday, the day after our last episode came out, this podcast turned 10, sort of, conceptually. Lately, we haven't been producing shows for 10 years, but May 21st of 2011 was the first time we tried to record an episode. Heath, myself, and a non-Eli third guy recorded a sample episode, and the result was so horrible in every possible way that we decided not to do anything with it at all. The audio quality was shit. The content was all over the map. The humor was strained. Basically, it was a great lesson on how much more shit we needed to learn before we made a podcast. It would be almost two years before we put together our next episode, which became episode one of this show. Now, it might seem odd to some people that I would even remember that date so precisely unless they remembered what else was going on on precisely that day in history. Or unless they've heard me tell this story before, apologies to longtime listeners if I'm being repetitive here. But it just so happened that our practice record lined up with Harold Camping's prediction for the end of the world. He and his accolades managed to ignore the fact that This wasn't the first time he'd set a date on the apocalypse and the fact that the radio station that he owned still had shit scheduled for the 22nd. They embraced his latest prediction with a terrifying gusto and decided to ring in the end of the world together right in the heart of American sin, New York City. Heath and I, of course, lived in New York City at the time. Hell, the the store that we worked at was on Fifth Avenue. And that's precisely the street where Camping's followers gathered for the big apocalypse. Hell, Camping was so accommodating, he even scheduled the end of the world for 6 p.m. local time on a Saturday, and Heath and I were getting off around 5. I I was writing the schedule at the time, and that wasn't a coincidence. But anyway, now, for those of you inclined to make me feel old by not really remembering this shit, I should remind you that Harold Camping's ministry spent hundreds of thousands of dollars leading up to this thing, buying up a bunch of billboards telling everybody this was going to be the day to the end of the world. I mean, you know, there are failed apocalypses three times a week these days, but this was one of the few recent ones that really insinuated itself into the public consciousness. And unlike the last one that did that leading up to the year 2000, this one insinuated itself under the heading of dumb shit that stupid people believe, rather than, you know, reasons I need an insane amount of bottled water in my closet before midnight tonight. And let me just say that watching the disappointment play out in person was an unforgettable moment because, you know, we're watching them, but. They're watching us watch them, too, and we're watching them watch us watch them. And on both sides of the line, everybody's thinking those poor dumb bastards have no idea what's about to happen. And then as if some atheist prankster created a weather machine for just this occasion, in the minutes leading up to 6 p.m., the skies actually did darken in Manhattan. I mean, there's nothing all that dramatic, but gray clouds filled in the sky just as they're entering into their big countdown. And at exactly 6 p.m., a stiff breeze picks up and a bit of rain starts falling. And you could see a look, of condescending vindication wash over their faces. But then it just stopped. (laughs) It's like, you know, 123 raindrops fell, the wind died back down, and then the sun came out. And they all wore this weird-ass expression that I've never seen before and I hope to never see again. It was an expression that just said they were profoundly disappointed that me and all the people around me weren't dead. That's the kind of shit that sticks with you. I mean, look, the the fact that their end of the world coincided with our practice record, that was a coincidence. Saturday evening was the easiest one for us to all get together for a couple hours. We we planned it way in advance. So I'm not saying it was the inspiration for this show, but looking back on it now, I feel like the stark terror I felt when I watched them begrudge my survival had a lot to do with the reason we invested the next year and a half learning how to do this shit. It's exactly the kind of thing that reminds you why atheist activism matters.
5: They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this
6: broadcast and bring you a special news bulletin.
0: Joining me for headlines tonight are the cuphead and mugman to my elder kettle, Heath Edwight and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to make a deal with the devil?
1: Yeah, I'll make a deal with the devil. A- Antonio Gutierrez seems like a good guy. <laughs> <do> yes.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh, Eli, did you like that joke? You enjoyed yes. that one? No, I loved that reference. So really. good. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Uh, Eli, real quick. Who is... Don't Antonio Guterres, he I just referenced. played, mm, maybe start again, send
0: boot. Okay. <laughs> so, for for what it's worth, Eli, you probably could have jujitsu'd that shit just by asking Heath who Cuphead and Mugman are. Damn it! Yeah, see? Miss my game. <laughs> in Custom our lead, god damn it, in our lead <laughs> story tonight. We have yet more evidence that Mother Teresa was a terrible, demonic, pain-obsessed, sociopathic cult leader, and that's on top of all the definitive pile of evidence that we already had, and and I have to constantly remind myself that there's a lot of people who don't already know that, but yeah, she was a fucking monster who literally tortured children as a rite of sanctification. She fetishized poverty to such a degree that she forced her patients to live in squalor even when she had the means to improve their conditions. And thanks to a new podcast by two former nuns who worked for her in the Missionaries of Charity, we also know that it was a goddamn cult that used every trick in the cult book to subjugate its members.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of lobs in atheism, but... Where is the atheist Mother Teresa? Is our T-ball,
2: ladies and gentlemen. Is our T-ball. Right. Yeah.
0: That's, that's right up there with show me one violent thing in the Bible. <laughs> now, look, I, I should spend at least a second on the distinction between cult and religion. Because there's a lot of people I know, a lot of atheists just heard me say that. Oh, of course, it's a fucking cult. It was Catholic. But, but it's not just a matter of social acceptability, right? To say otherwise is both wrong and dangerous. Because, sure, all religions are culty. And, and all religions are dangerous, but they're not all equally dangerous. It's like sandwichness. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure, sure. But if we adopt the every religion is a cult mindset, then we would kind of need a new term to deal with the thing that everybody else means when they say cult. Right. Like all the telltale sides of cults are just extreme versions of shit that you find in every religious groups. But the degree matters. You can be a member of a lot of religions without completely cutting off ties with your family and surrendering your name, for example. And we do a disservice to members of both cults and non-cult religions when we act like the harm that each of them causes is the same.
1: Yeah. So that's right. Non-cult religions. You are. Somewhat less terrible. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> but seriously,
1: that is an important yeah, distinction. Yeah, you're, you're often yeah. somewhat less yeah. terrible, yeah. No, seriously, important distinction. You really are somewhat less terrible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sometimes. not by tenant, you just end up with enough not assholes that you lose your culty origins a hundred Well, right, of yeah, the no, <laughs> oh,
0: right, you, but very often they start as cults, Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like the taco of sandwiches. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so the point is that the thing Mother Teresa was leading was a cult even by the most strict definition of that word. Okay, in the new podcast, The Turning, The Sisters Who Left, two former members of Missionaries of Charity talk about wanting to, like, escape, but being under constant surveillance. They talk about wanting to see dying family members, but not being allowed to. They talk about being forced to regularly self-flagellate. And they talk about all kinds of other shit that would be, like, immediately identified as cult behavior if it weren't so heavily associated with Catholicism.
1: Yep. Okay, so I know Waco went badly. Oh, yes, it went Christ. badly. But.
4: Ooh, an interesting but. There's a but here. I,
1: you're a big enough cult that we won't use tanks. Doesn't feel like the best policy either. Right, I think it's yeah. a, somewhere in between those things. Yep, yep.
0: Compassionate tanks. Right. Something <laughs> like that. Tiananmen Square, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Janet Reno, if you're listening, hit us up. I'm thinking pillows, bright yellow paint. Oh, that could be fun.
0: It could sure. be fun yeah. that way.
1: Yeah. You guys, remember Janet Reno? Yeah. Janet <laughs> Reno. Was it do- was it just a car? In general.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, as I've already Are you just making sure you didn't get that wrong? <laughs> she I was mean, the lady from. Yeah. Okay. Cut, so lot. now, as I've already said. The fact that Mother Teresa is a terrible person is nothing new. Christopher Hitchens wrote a whole fucking book about it called The Missionary Position because, you know, he's clever like that. And a physician from Calcutta (laughs) named Arup Chatterjee became a nationally recognized figure for drawing attention to her charity's standard of care or lack thereof, right? It can only be aptly described as torture. Yep. She fetishized pain to such a degree that she denied pain-relieving medicines to dying patients so as not to rob them of their divine suffering. She ordered that children be tied to their bed. She insisted that her hospitals reuse hypodermic needles because of frugality. You know, again, they could afford new ones. Mm -hmm. They just didn't. And for all the assholes who want to deploy the, well, you know, she couldn't have controlled every aspect of that giant mission defense. Like, I want to point out that all this shit started getting significantly better immediately upon her death. So, yeah, she was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Hot tip. Anyone who thinks God is guiding their
1: medical care. Always doing a worse job than someone who doesn't think that. Always, pretty much,
0: pretty much, yeah. And, and by the way, in case these revelations are new to any of our listeners, I want to point out that all of this shit, except the latest revelation of the mission's cult-like behavior, was a matter of public record before the Vatican made a saint out of her.
1: Mm-hmm. And in warning Gable news... Right-wing pastor and man who dresses like a character from the video game Fast Draw Showdown Geriatric Edition, Andrew Womack, had opinions about gay people this week, namely, that we should put warning labels on their foreheads because they are hazardous to your health. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess I want one of those labels, too. I am definitely hazardous to Andrew Womack's health. Very potentially.
0: (laughs) Look, I I feel like the guy whose group just spent a pandemic refusing to wear masks and Christ persecution when to-go cups are insufficiently humbled before their Lord needs to shut the fuck up about warning labels on people, right? <laughs> are we playing with
1: warning labels now? Yeah, <laughs> sure. <We're> doing labels. <laughs> that was your idea.
0: Was that yours?
1: Yeah, I'm going to so, sew so mine on you. <laughs> so on last week's episode of the Truth and Liberty live cast, Womack's guest was bemoaning the fact that gays are taken over and nobody watched her shitty documentary because it got kicked off Vimeo. Right. And that is when the discussion of health hazards of homosexuality came up, with Womack saying, quote, Homosexuals have like three times as much suicide as heterosexuals. And then you go into transgenders, sick, and it just continues to go up, end quote. Okay, maybe we're not hate-criming hard enough to
0: help them out. Let's, uh, let's make up some new slurs, yeah. I guess, right? <laughs> right, let's make up some slurs. That you can bully somebody into suicide, sure says something negative about them? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that what you're saying? <sighs> he concludes, quote, it's a very destructive
1: lifestyle. They have 20 years less that the homosexual lives than a heterosexual. And, you know, cigarettes take an average of seven years off a person's life, so homosexuality is three times worse than smoking. We ought to put a label across their forehead. This can be hazardous to your health, (sighs) end quote. And uh, if a gay trans person lights a cigarette, they explode. It's it's <laughs> 20 times 7
0: is 140%. They die four died. years earlier than <laughs> when they did that. It's really weird. It's time traveling.
1: Now, that said, I think Womack might be onto something. Obviously, not in labeling gay people out of bigotry, but everyone by their sexual preference. I just think uh, it would make everything
0: a lot simpler. Imagine what that would be like. What that be like. Hey, Bill, thanks for coming. Oh, no problem, no problem. So, how about these new sexual label name tags they make us wear, huh? Tell me about it. It makes you miss Trump, doesn't it? Well, no. No. No, no yeah, I guess. I guess not. So, uh, f- foot stuff. Yep, yep, uh, me and me and the missus both. <laughs> i got to tell you, it was adorable when we got
1: our labels and then we turned and then they matched. It was a... it was really nice and that's
0: it's really sweet that did not happen with stacy and i yep yep no cheryl told me uh any luck on getting her to peg you so far nope nope but uh we're still working on it you know good good for you good for you that's hard yeah you know i i think it's it's gonna be for the best in the long run. It is. Hey, Are you guys having a barbecue? Get out of here, you pervert! What? Frank, get the fuck off my property! You, you got, mm. you guys suck. I, I hate, hate you guys. Fucking zipliners, man. You tell me about, you, you think you know a guy. Right? Played with my kids.
1: And in you, ab hole. That's such good wordplay. It's coming because University <laughs> of Alabama Birmingham student Jackie Gale, has decided that her entire school is in a suicide pact with her. And she's the very first we've heard of, of what I'm sure will be many Christians demanding exemptions to their school's vaccination policy. Great. Yeah, I mean, they're already exempt from a bunch of Hate speech policies at universities. Why stop there? Go ahead. Get more exemptions.
0: To be fair to Jackie, being dead and attending University of Alabama-Birmingham are so close to the same thing that it's weird for them to draw a distinction. (laughs) I feel like that's weird.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, according to the letter sent from her attorneys, Miss Gale has several stupid and factually incorrect objections to vaccination. So let's go over them. First, quote. Miss Gale's Christian faith prohibits her from receiving vaccines because of her understanding of the biblical commands that Christians must honor God in how they take care of their bodies, and that Christians should not participate in medical treatments that rely upon abortion. Due to these religious convictions, Miss Gale has never had a vaccine injected into her body. Oh, she's had none. So she's already not supposed to be on campus yeah. even before COVID. Right. So okay, just banner based on all the Baby-free vaccines. Great. Next. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this bullshit, this is a reference to the fact that all three of the major vaccine makers do confirmation tests using fetal cell lines. And those fetal cell lines were originally harvested 40 fucking years ago from elective abortions, but have since gone through hundreds of generations. And it's like saying, I refuse to be treated by any doctor if anyone in their family has ever had an abortion. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if anything... She's killing that fetus by not getting the shot.
0: She's right. a baby killer. Right, yeah, there you go. Just, look, I just want to point out that these motherfuckers believe the 900th generation of that fetal cell line carries some vestige of the original abortion, but they freak the fuck out when you start talking about reparations. Yeah. Weird, Weird. huh? The <laughs> whole fucking thing is based on us still carrying sins from our goddamn apple, people. Yep. And that brings us to
1: her second objection. Quote, This Gail believes the Bible commands Christians to honor God and how they take care of their bodies, which leads her to maintain an active lifestyle, eat a healthy diet, and to refrain from injecting Extra chemicals into her body. Oh, my God. That's so stupid. Miss Gale believes that she would be profaning her body and therefore dishonoring God by receiving any vaccines. End quote. Sorry. Which elements from the periodic table are the extra ones? (laughs) (laughs) The alkali metals are extra. And then
0: the other ones are like real regular ones. Very clearly the noble gases, dude. But so the key here, the distinction here is that the things that keep her from dying are imperatives. The things that keep her from killing other people are extra, right? That's how you know which chemicals are which. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: so a couple other things. As the letter says, Miss Gale believes the Bible commands her not to have any interaction with any things, but It doesn't. The Bible doesn't say that. I mean, look, I I could be correct about this. Our uh, lawyer, Andrew Torres of the Opening Arguments podcast, is constantly surprising me with how much sincerely held lava you're allowed to pour on your genitals in this country, even when (laughs) the Supreme Court isn't (laughs) packed with extras from God's not dead for. But I, I mean, I really don't know. I don't think you're allowed to just be like, my client believes that the Bible says he can shit in the salad bar at TGI Friday. <laughs> and even if you are, we ignore that shit all the time, right? Like, yeah. I can't walk into HSBC, take out a loan, and then send them a letter from my lawyer saying that the Bible is against charging interest, even though the Bible is against charging you know, it's interest. very clear on that, Whoa. yeah. You can do that. You could send Mm -hmm. a letter. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, HSBC can own your house. There's consequences. Yeah, and look, if legally those things are allowed, even though they shouldn't be, if you're a student of University of Alabama, Birmingham, please consider joining my new church, whose central tenant is neck-darting religious assholes with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine.
0: Yep. It's very sincere. We mean it a lot. There you go. Fuck, I hate religion. I hate it so much. <laughs> All right. Well, with the essence of our show thus distilled, I think it's a great time to pause for a word from this week's first sponsor, Allbirds. So many adults playing pretend
1: in uh. so many ways.
0: Uh. Hey, Heath. Hey, Noah. What's, uh, what's with the banner? Come on in, buddy. We need to talk to you. Yeah. So, Eli, this is an intervention.
1: What an intervention for what?
0: For your sneakers, dude. They need to change.
1: What? My velcros? Yep. No, I get these at, at mall store. Yep. I get them. You at know the... you get them at the mall store, and you need some real shoes.
0: Yeah, it looks like you know. Also, like they gave you those at the hospital you escaped from. Yeah, man.
1: It's time for some tree runners from Allbirds for you. What are the tree runners from Allbirds?
0: They're made from sustainable, natural materials that feel light on your feet, and they're better for the planet. The tree runners are breathable, machine washable, and made with responsibly sourced eucalyptus tree fiber. But more importantly, they don't look like they were put on you at the same time as a straight jacket.
1: Yes, that's very important. And Allbirds actually sent us a pair to try, and they instantly became my new walking around shoe. They feel amazing, and they look sharp and stylish. You're saying I'm a... My Velcros don't look sharp and stylish. Yeah, that is nope. exactly what I'm saying. Nope. They, they look like you lost your shoes, and these were the ones the bowling lane sent you home with. Mm-hmm. So this spring, keep things light and breezy with the Allbirds Tree Runner. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Okay. I guess I'll try some. But I can still always wear these athletic shorts, right? These
0: are still uh, cool? Oh, just give us a second to change the banner. We're
1: going to change it up, yeah. Oh, beans. Next up in headlines. The visible light spectrum is sometimes referred to as a rainbow. Anna, talking about it's the newest, the greatest Christian That's right. Christians are freaking out after the Lego company released a new rainbow colored set called Everyone is Awesome. In honor of Pride Month. Okay, well, that freakout I can get behind. Everyone is not awesome. Everyone includes Ben Shapiro, Lego. Hey, True hey. story.
0: You guys, you remember the good old days when they had to, like, dance around the fact that they were against equality? Oh, <laughs>
1: remember that? So, the big Lego freakout came from Alfred Moller, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He wrote a 2,500-word freakout treatise about the, the sexuality of plastic blocks. Yep. <laughs> and it's not clear, but I think he's also very protective of the Christian only word awesome. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's a little snippet. Quote What exactly does awesome mean? Is everyone awesome all the time? Are you going to speak of everyone as equally awesome? Does it have anything to do with sexuality? Say what now? <laughs> no. oh, okay, he's about to ask us for a cock rating. I know this <laughs> message. I'm yeah. getting What's about it? to happen. What? Yes. No. Yeah.
0: Okay, look, Al, speaking as a man who once swore generational vengeance on an interstate exit sign, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's a weird way to be pissed off, right? Because you're dancing around what you really want to say, but what you're actually saying is your poster says you only have to believe in yourself, but you also have to digest food and unconsciously regulate your <laughs> body temperature inside. Son of a bitch. Come on, dude. What about the autonomic oh, nervous system? He did not even mention that.
1: <laughs> so I guess he's going for the Harrison Bergeron argument. <laughs> yeah. Vonnegut was warning about the danger of gay Lego sex. Yeah, he yeah, always exactly. said that. Yeah, that's exactly. very important. Yeah, so it's actually a, a misreading of a misreading of the Harrison Bergeron <laughs> yeah, argument. Muller yeah. also added, quote, here's where
0: Christians... Need to
1: lean in.
0: Oh, I agree. Christians need to lean into Legos.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a brokenness here. There's a hurt here that cries out for Christian attention. You shouldn't lean into all them Legos. (laughs) (laughs) There's a fear that's represented even in the voice of a child here, for which the answer is supposedly the Everyone is Awesome Lego set. End quote. So, What the fuck is he talking about? What are you even (laughs) trying to say there? I honestly don't know. Okay, to be fair, if you're selling the cure, you're not sick is an awfully troubling philosophy. (laughs) So, we've seen some stupid freakouts here at the Scathing Atheist. I don't remember all the details of all of them because they're stupid. Really, But I'm pretty sure that includes very recently, in fact, Match.com collaborating with Satan, the Prince of Darkness. Yep, that was one. Burger King saying the D word. That's damn, by the mm-hmm. way. Yep. A hot sauce not saying the S word. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. Hamilton being miscegenated. Huh. And Kit Kat doing something with a penis that wasn't an explicitly hetero penis, I guess. Huh. But this Lego thing is a special kind of freak out. It's about Photons. <laughs> photons are persecution now. Yep. According to Christianity. Mm. Chefs,
0: yes. And in Puzzle in a Thunderdome news tonight. Fantastic. Thank you. It really doesn't fit with the story. I just really wanted to say it. God seems to be in an especially (laughs) vengeful mood this week, and and, and that's for a guy who gives cancer to 7,000 children a week. But apparently that Plus, the existence of death, disease, and Zack Snyder movies wasn't enough for him. And we know this because we have stories of not one but two prominent Christian voices threatening their critics with divine retribution, and they're both weirdly specific.
1: OMG, did I get a mention? I Googled myself this morning. How did I miss it? <laughs> okay. If Eli's trending for this, that's a win for us. Yeah, right? could have been so much goddamn. <laughs> we, we have
0: a lot of backup plans, and none of them are for this. Right. All right, so we're going to start off with televangelist Robin Bullock. I killed him, man. (laughs) Now, if you've never seen Bullock, I'm going to need you to imagine that Heath and I joined forces with Mike Lindell's crack addiction, fused into a single entity, and made an embarrassing run in a career in country music.
1: He's so rough. He looks like Ned Stark having a midlife crisis based on (laughs) Jacket. Yes!
0: Anyway, so, so Robin, who totally isn't wearing a wig and has successfully convinced me that that's his real hair, told his audience that if anybody made fun of him, God would unleash the scarecrow toxin from Batman Begins on their ass. Quote. Yes, he did. However you treat the mouth of God, it determines your future. It's a dangerous thing to tear the garments of a prophet. That's a dangerous thing to mock the mouthpiece of God. It's very dangerous to do such things as that. Very dangerous. Once that happens, it leads to one thing. It leads to insanity. End what? quote.
1: Oh my god, his thread is literally I'm not crazy, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> also, free drugs from God. Like right? I, yeah, yeah, fun yeah, fun no. thing. The scarecrow thing could be fun. I We've, think I would get into that drug. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So okay, but not to be what's the opposite of outdone? Not to be in done? Oh, <laughs> yeah, Self proclaimed yeah, yeah. prophet Hank Kuhneman. <laughs> of One Voice Ministry also issued a threat on behalf of his God this week. Kooneman is among the bevy of Christian zealots who keep hitting the prophetic snooze button on their promises that Trump will slash did win the election and will slash did assume the presidency at some point. Anyway, he's sick of people pointing out how demonstrably wrong he is, but what's worse, God is sick of it too. And that's why God informed us via Hank Kuhneman, of course, <laughs> that he intended to inflict people who criticize him... With leprosy.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Did you guys put
1: him up to this as a ruse to get me to bathe? You have to tell me. It's like being a cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When your dick falls off, I really want it to be clean. That's my big <laughs> focus. <Yeah. laughs>
0: All right. So so here's the quote. quote. There's a lot of people touching many of God's true and choice servants right now. Holy shit, I could spend the rest of the episode on that phrasing, you lonely, lonely man. Anyway, <laughs> continue that. <Yeah. on.
2: laughs> Top <Lake> shelf <laughs> choice
0: <laughs> round <laughs> Kobe, Kobe beef <laughs> servants. So. Anyway, he goes on to say, they better be careful because God will not acknowledge certain things that he's called them to or put within their offices. It's a dangerous place, and some of you might get leprosy, end quote.
1: Yeah, my big brother, who's ignored me for the last year and a half, okay, well, technically forever, but anyways, he might kick your ass. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. Time to grind up some fetus arms and make a vaccine for leprosy. Yeah, right, I think that's right, exactly. Yeah, well,
0: or or you could just use the antibiotics that easily treat leprosy in the modern day. <laughs> so yeah, two possibilities, of course. One is that by this time next week I'll be an insane person with leprosy. Another is that Hank Kuhneman and Robin Bullock are full of shit and there is no God. And I should note that these possibilities are not mutually exclusive. <laughs>
1: yep, that's fair. And finally tonight, in non clungible token news. Oh, well done. We have a story about NFT artwork and vaginas. NFT stands for non-fungible token, and it's a general term for anything with ownership verified by the blockchain, like a Bitcoin. But cryptocurrency isn't the only use of the blockchain. Sometimes people use the blockchain to verify their unique ownership of artwork as a certificate Mm -hmm. of authenticity. We actually talked about this on another show recently. Yeah, it's uh called The Skeptocrat. Maybe you've heard of it. It's in the New York Times. It was. Yeah, yeah it's in New York. And the story <laughs> was about an artist named Beeple who set a new record by selling a JPEG for $69 million at Christie's Auction House. Oh. And that's fucking stupid. I'm furious about NFT artwork about once an hour <laughs> since I discovered right, yeah. it just exists. <laughs> but... We might have finally found a good use for this stuff. Model, actor, and singer Cara Delevingne is raising money for women's rights, the LGBT community, and the environment by auctioning off their vagina as an NFT. Okay, well, now I feel better about not getting what NFT stands for. (laughs) (laughs) So, Delevingne is gender fluid and came out publicly as pansexual last year. Of course, that went along with a jingle for Anna, and mm-hmm. a giant freak yeah. out by the Christian right. <laughs> Just like when Elliot Page did anything yep. recently. Yep, anything at all. <laughs> like when he stood near a pool. That was the freak out last week yeah. about Elliot Page. Freak out in my pants, maybe? <laughs> Elliot Page was looking good next to that pool. Right? Yeah. Well, it looks like Delavine shit out of found that, a great way to channel the panicky rage of the Christian right into a fundraiser for everything they hate. And despite my panicky rage about NFT artwork, <laughs> this is a great cause. Delevingne teamed up with artist Chemical X. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. It's a good cause. Yeah, because your name's Heath Edright. My Chemical no illusions. That's X. probably part of it. Yeah. Uh, it's We're not Beeple. It's different, <laughs> but it's
0: the same. You're right. Okay. Oh,
1: my new name is Beeple. I'm Beeple. No, absolutely. No, Beeple.
0: Absolutely none of this. This is than. Beeple is card. thinking you, is. Could be, you could be Beeply Bosnick, though. Oh, mm.
1: Beeple Beep. Morgan, beeple that. So, (laughs) Chemical X and Delavine created the vagina-based NFT art piece. This includes a video of Delavine explaining, quote, My first word was mine. To me, that means something that is most mine. My vagina. I own it. It's mine and no one else's, end quote. And that's now for sale in whatever sense. So, okay. I want to be cool because this is a good cause, but do you guys feel like your junk is the thing that's most yours? Nope. Cause, cause that <laughs> motherfucker was and still is very much not
4: under my control.
1: Yeah, it might be different
0: with different junk. I don't know. I also, I, I also want to go on record and I think he would agree with me saying that you could support this while still thinking that the whole NFT art thing is fucking dumb. Right? Yeah, like, that's, like, that's the whole point of yeah, this story. If, yes. if people are buying leprechaun farts, you might as well sell some leprechaun farts for women's rights or whatever. That sure. doesn't make it any less dumb. I want to be right. super clear where we stand on that. Great, great cause. Great work, Karen Delavine. I want to sell the picture of me
1: licking Ray comfort. By the way, speaking of Christian freakouts, <laughs> Delavine is also working on a new line of sex toys for all genders and sexualities. In response to the trend in the sex toy industry of everything pretty much being a dick, the new brand is going to focus on anything but that, which is, again, great work. Just just so many other body parts to smoosh into and around your stuff. I like that. I think it's a good idea. The the elbow dildo we've all been waiting for. (laughs) That's uh, not specifically what Eli said, but a general concept, yes. That's what Heath means. (laughs) (laughs) Not an elbow guy. So the auction for the NFT is happening right now. It's happening this week, and pretty soon... The artistic digital concept of Delavine's vagina, which is theirs and no one else's, is going to be a non-fungible token in the blockchain that's going to be owned by someone else, which is confusing to me. Or maybe the video is the art. Uh, I'm not clear on it, but I just watched that video for free. So this is why I hate NFT art. It's stupid. It's fucking stupid. Either way, the money goes to spite bigotry. So I'm happy. It's good stuff. Also, I have a big announcement. I am auctioning off the theoretical idea of my left love handle as an NFT. Oh. Yeah. And it's a sex toy, actually, because (laughs) everything is a sex toy. They have to let you fuck it if you want. That's true. All proceeds will benefit the Cara Delavine Foundation or the charity of your choice.
0: Andrew has made it clear that I have to add here that they do not have to let you fuck it if you want. That is not a thing.
1: Okay, sorry, (laughs) Heath. Can I just tell you I want to buy that on the podcast? Because... I'm pretty sure you knowing that I'm gonna fuck your love handle is a great prank, and I, I need to get that out of the way right now. <laughs> Everyone except Eli can send me a tweet about this stuff. This is my Banta Black. <laughs> my Banta Black
0: <laughs> <Pink>. <laughs> Welcome to the show, new listener. And quick <laughs> while I burn out the part of my brain that has that image in it, we're gonna close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Elbows! And when we come back, Don Ford will be here to blaspheme with style.
1: podcast listener i know when we do our ads we usually do like a funny sketch or something like that but this week i thought i'd share a true story about this week's sponsor stamps.com so unlike noah and heath my boss at the old toy store was not a jerk okay well technically noah was my boss right well so my boss's boss they're they're a british company and general retail stuff aside they always treated me pretty well and were an occasional touch since i've done this job which i Admittedly like much, much more. So this week, my boss's boss's dad was actually featured in the New York Times. And so he calls me because he's been running around London trying to find copies of it, except because it's in the Sunday edition, he can't find it anywhere. So he calls me up on the cell phone and says, hey, I know it's the end of the day here. Do you mind running around your town in Jersey, finding as many copies of this thing as you can and sending them to me in England? So I do it. I run around to 7-Eleven, some local newsstands, I just buy all the Sunday editions of the New York Times I can like a madman. And then it was time to ship into England. And that's where Stamps.com comes in. See, thanks to the free scale they send you when you open an account, I just popped them in a box waited on the website using my computer, and then printed the postage I needed on my printer at home. And thanks to Stamps.com, I got the best rates possible. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. So a favor that would have cost me literally hundreds of dollars was a fraction of the price. Add to the fact that Stamps.com has made sending out Patreon rewards a breeze. Stamps.com is an awesome choice. Whether you're a small business, a giant warehouse sending out packages, or... Just doing a favor for your old boss, Stamps.com lets you do it all with ease from your computer and printer. Stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk, and with our promo code, SCAVING, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in SCAVING. That's Stamps.com, promo code SCAVING. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. I like it when we do the shenanigans for the end. We'll do shenanigans for the next. One. But if we buy Dogecoin low when it goes high, that's when we sell yeah, yeah. it. No, I'm I'm familiar with the terms low and high. That's not the problem.
0: Cuz that's when we buy it when it's okay. low. Hey, hey guys, are you ready for Bible Piece Theater?
1: Yes, God, anything but this. So, where do we leave off?
0: Okay, so Saul is dead. Samuel is way dead. And David is finally king. Right, yes. So he started ruling when he was 30, and he ruled for 40 years before his story really picks up. Damn,
1: it's like the Nevers up in this here. Dude, spoilers, please. I didn't spoil anything. I just said it is like the Nevers.
0: Yeah, it's going to get canceled anyway because everyone hates Joss Whedon.
1: Everyone hates your mom. Well, everyone she, hates your she's mom. She's not that's involved
0: how like it anymore. Better not be canceled. Anyway, after 40 years of rule, he goes to Jerusalem to declare it his city.
5: Hear me, city of Jerusalem. I am David, your king, and I am here to rule you. Not so fast. What's that? It is us, the Jebusites, and you will not rule this city until you take away our blind and our lame. (laughs) Whatever. I hate blind people, so that's perfect. In fact, men, whoever kills the most blind people gets to be the captain of my army.
0: Sorry, he hates blind and lame people. Yeah. So the the modern apologetic is that it's like ancient smack talk. Right. Yeah. The Jebusites
1: are basically saying you couldn't even kill our blind and lame people as like uh, smack talk. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. This is a weird insult. But, well, yeah. And it's it's worth noting that that's a pretty modern interpretation. Like this passage was actually used as a way to blame disabled people for their disabilities for a really long time.
1: Got it. So, at best, it's smack talk using disabled people as the butt of the joke. Mm -hmm. But more likely, it's just biblical genocide again.
0: More. More, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so David kills a bunch of blind and lame people, I guess. And he takes over the city, which he names the City of David. He takes some more wives and concubines. He has 11 more sons. Ooh, at 70? Good for him. Right? But eventually, the Philistines find out that he's ruling the city, and they come to rumble. (laughs)
5: Um, God. David, baby, how you doing, boo? Yikes. What? What's yikes? No, it's just this bit feels a little stale. What? Already it's May. How could this be? Yeah, I know. It's just it's kind of like are we still gonna be doing this in a few years? It feels a little bit like a Monica Lewinsky joke, circa 2006. You know what I mean? Okay, first of
1: all, she's on Twitter now, and she's hilarious. Second of all, we have been doing this bit for two years now. We're just going to switch me over to Noah doing a boomy voice now?
5: I mean, I just feel like if the goal is to make fun of the Bible, Noah doing boomy voices God is going to serve us better now that Trump isn't president anymore.
1: Hey, Eli, really need you to stop working this out in character during the show. I needed to say goodbye on our comedy podcast. A lot of people are going to miss Donald Trump as Godbit. they need this. trust me.
4: I mean, I feel like you need this Don you don 't even go here don't you speak to Don like that can 't even tell your Donald Trump from your Joe Biden most of the time So, what did you need? right
5: uh well, we 've got a fight coming up with the Philistines, and I was wondering if we should attack them
6: from the front. Hmm, no. I'm thinking you wait up in the trees and then, when you hear them coming, you drop down and attack them. Oh, like, like ninjas. Like ninjas, exactly. Yes. Sweet.
5: Sweet. Got it. Jews, we are victorious!
4: Hooray! Hooray! Boys, fans,
5: we must celebrate, bring the Ark, and we will play and dance before it. We play what we play. Every kind of instrument. Uh every kind. Yes. Literally every kind of instrument. Even the cymbal? I yes, that's gonna be named in the book, so play the cymbal. D- uh, that's it, I'm done. Nope. You know what? Kind of a limited yeah. instrument in retrospect. Anyways, everyone, song Dance for
4: God. Wee- dance. Song for dance. For God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, whoops! I fell and touched the ark. How dare you! <laughs> Dude, God killed him. Ah, oh, yikes.
5: Yes, yes, he did. Back, back to the thong dance? Uh, uh, kind of feels like the moment's dead yeah, now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh oh, I'll, I'll do a thong dance myself. <laughs>
0: Like I said, for a 70-year-old guy, he's really going for it, there, right?
4: Yeah, he's going for it. around looks, looks like someone put a box of raisins in a paint mixer. He's <laughs> like a strip club stayed in the bath way too long. Right, like if an old-age
0: home put on a production of the movie Cats. Oh, yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> okay, everyone, now that I've done my thong dance, we're going to bring the Ark home. But but just so we don't make God mad, we're going to sacrifice an ox and a fat calf every six steps. Every six steps?
6: Yep, yep, every six steps. Okay, it just feels like that's going to take a while.
4: I mean, that's really going to slow us down. I am yeah, yeah. no, Do aware
5: of that, but can I remind you that yesterday God killed a guy for falling down and touching the ark. So, you know, yeah. maybe better safe than yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's All right, fair. yeah, mm-hmm. I give it. All right, so let's get started. One... Two, three, four, five, six, okay everyone stop, 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 stop. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah, Set up stop, the yeah. sacrifice okay, stuff. Yep, every <sighs> seven.
5: You guys wanna get killed by God? Cause we could go for seven I, steps. I, I no, no, I really no, 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 don't wanna be killed by oh
6: God. Whatever.
5: Okay. <laughs> Honey, I'm home. I brought all the Jews with me.
4: Oh, hello. Uh, my husband didn't tell me you were all coming over. How thoughtful. ...of him. Yeah, well, they're here now, so... I mean, we could go, there's a...
5: No, no, you stay... This is my house. I'm allowed to have guests.
4: Oh, oh, yeah? Yeah, the big husband who shook us took us in front of every slave girl in the city yesterday. Oh, yes, how very royal yes. of him. He's allowed yes. to have it, guests.
6: Seems like you guys might want mm-hmm. to talk this out privately. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, well. you all stand there and watch this. Well,
5: maybe right. I'll go and honor those slave girls in a way I can't bring myself to honor you anymore, oh, if you know oh, what I mean. Oh, honor me.
4: Honor me. Sure, mister, I had a heavy dinner. Yeah, you go show those slave girls what you're made of. I will. I'm gonna. Please let us
5: leave. Sit down. We're all eating a nine-course meal, and this conversation is going to take place in front of you the entire time.
1: And so it was that old Jews would have big, loud, messy fights in front of people at dinner for the
0: rest of history. Eli, Eli, get out of the voiceover booth. People need to know. So David rules for a little while longer until one day he's approached by the prophet Nathan. Hail, King David. I bring a message from God. Nice,
5: nice. Haven't heard from that dude in a while. What does he want? Yeah, he wants you to build him a house. God would like me to build him a
1: house. A house, yep. Doesn't he live, like, up in heaven? Yes, yep. He, he does live up in heaven, but he would like a house for his tabernacle, please. The, the ark thing. He wants yep. a house for that. Yep. Up until now, that arc, it's mostly been in, like, tents and wagons and stuff, and he was just thinking a house would be nice. Um, and, and, as a reward, you and your family will be royalty forever.
5: Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I feel like he's promised that to other people. Yeah, uh six in the book so far. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Am I related to any of those guys? You are promise? not. Got it. So, when he says that, it's a very... Very liberal use of the words, you know, you and your family mm-hmm. forever. That's that's just sort of like a, yep, a liberal Yeah, very
1: use. liberal use. Also, he would like a kitchen island. Oh, come on. Who wants a kitchen island? Uh, God does. He He's going to use it when he entertains. How? Who wants that? How is he going to use you, it when he... You can put cheese boards in there and stuff. When people come over, it's classy. You have cheese boards. You he's got the not going to use it's it. Nice.
5: It's just going to close off the space. I'll tell you that right See, now. He still
1: has a kitchen island, and he puts cheese boards on it all the time. God wants an island for cheese boards. Okay, okay,
5: get it kitchen island thank you
0: and so it was that god killed more people and never really used the kitchen island after all but that's a story for another day on another edition of bible peace he actually uses them in the apocrypha (laughs)
2: hey
0: podcast listener i'm no illusions i'm heath Enright. And I'm Eli Bosnick,
1: reminding you it's the final week of Matreon, that time of year when we ask you for money extra hard so that we can pretty much leave you alone the rest of the year. Our new and upgrading patrons have helped make some amazing stuff happen over the years.
0: Yeah, for instance, last year,
1: you guys helped me quit smoking. Yes, you did. But you also fund our live shows, convention appearances, and new projects like D&D Minus. And as of this recording, more than 300 of you have already upped your pledge by as little as a dollar. But there's still time to give. So head over to Matreon.com that's M-A-Y-T-R-E-O-N dot com to sign up and donate. And remember, no matter what show you donate to, all of our patrons will be invited to our Pajama Party live stream on August 7th. It's going to be our first get-together as a cast in more than a year. Noah, Lucinda, Heath, and Andrews actually going to be meeting my baby for the first time. We're going to be playing games. I'm going to do magic. I'm going to juggle. And just so much more. So one more time, Huge thanks to all of you who have already donated. And if you're able to toss us a couple bucks and you haven't yet, now is the time to do it. Please. Matreon, may we please have some money? You ruined it. I didn't ruin it. You love puns. That's not a pun. Wordplay.
0: And it's time for the part of the show that comes next, the listener feedback. This is the part of the show that shows up when you least expect it, even though it's always in the same place.
1: And our first message comes from Yoel, who says... Minor correction for Noah. You were talking about the popularity of the Nintendo Entertainment System in one of your rants recently, and you said they could sell thousands of copies of a 7-Up ad if they called it a video game. Hate to call you out on this, but the game you're thinking of was on the Super Nintendo and just so happens to be one of the greatest platformers of the 16-bit era. Talking about actually a game I had. I love that game. (laughs) Anyway, continuing. Keep up the good work. End
0: of message. All right, so... Yo, yeah, well, I'm going to open up by saying I forgive you. <laughs> Heath and Eli know what a mistake you made trying to come at me with video game trivia, but you didn't know. And, yes, the 1993 platformer Cool Spot was a 16-bit game, as was its follow-up, Spot Goes to Hollywood. I think it's a little much to call one of the best platformers of their generation. It was a good fucking game, though. But I was referencing the 1990 game Spot the Video Game, which was a far less popular NES release loosely based on Go. Hate to call you out on this, but if you Google 7-Up Game for NES, it it does show up, and that has fewer words than your email did. But thank you, Yoel, for (laughs) reaching out. Anyway,
2: You come for the king? You come for the king!
0: And finally, we got a few messages about the comments that I made last week about being culturally Jewish and the skit that we did afterwards. Like I said, several people wrote in, but I thought our friend Iran from Australia summed up the objections pretty well. Quote, and he said a lot of other complimentary stuff at the beginning, at the end. Uh, but I'm just I'm just giving you the meat here. Quote, being Jewish is not just a religion and presenting it that way is unnecessary and problematic. I've never been religious. My grandparents, all four of them, left religion in the 1920s, and we haven't had religion in our family since. We have been atheists for literally a century and now five generations. Yet we are all Jewish because being Jewish, while fundamentally arising out of religion, I'm not denying that, is also a culture, an ethnicity, a tradition, a group belonging, a shared history, an identity, and in many cases also biologically important millennia of inbreeding to thank for that. So I'm not an ex-Jew who's now an atheist. I'm an atheist who is also Jewish. And judging by my research, I'm not alone. I'm part of a major chunk of those identifying as Jewish. Others may choose not to identify as Jewish if they are not religious, and I have exactly zero problems with that. But the message that unless you do Jewy things, you're not Jewish, is unwarranted. End quote. So I guess the clear implication of Iran's message is that I don't get a say in how people identify themselves, and that's fair, right? So, like, in my own defense, I actually had it drilled into my head pretty hard that talking about Jewishness as an ethnicity was anti-Semitic, since there are Jews from all different ethnicities. Ultimately, that being said, it turns out there's a huge century-long discussion between people who identify as ex-Jews and people who identify as atheist Jews on this subject, and one thing that discussion definitely does not need is me goy explaining how weird it all